Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2023. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to our Round 18 Teamless Tuesday podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, expert physio. How are you going? I'm well, mate. How are you? Ugh, teamless, bro. Like, I made moves last week and they all backfired. I guess that's why we banked some extra trades, right? That's it. It's all about having trades between uh, rounds 20 and 27, particularly if you're making a run on head-to-head like I am. That's it. So... Look, let's talk about how we're doing overall. So, look, I did okay with an 882 last week. Shuffled back around 30 ranks to rank 73. Uh, Nick, who's not here tonight, pulled out a 964. So he's he's moving up. He's up to rank 241. Mitch, mate, you beat me this week. I did. I always enjoy those weeks, mate. So 889 for me, and I'm still hovering around 7,281. So I'm quite happy to stay there until the mid-round 20s when I make a run at the fantasy head-to-head. Nice. Like yeah. last year, I think it'll I think it'll end up the same last year. I'll probably end up in the top three or 4,000, I would say. Oh, you'll come home strong, mate, I'm pretty sure. And look, Adam has uh, unfortunately been benched like Jack Bird this week uh, due to mic injuries. So... Uh, <laughs> He'll, he'll be back once uh, once all that's fixed up. So, yeah, look, and as you mentioned, the one thing I got wrong, geez, mate, if I could take back everything that I did last week, whatever my brain was thinking, and it, look, I don't know, bad, good shoot, bad results. But Yeah, yeah but that, that's just fantasy, right? Like yeah. if your process is good, and this happened to you in the first couple of weeks of this season, and heck, your, your high point's been in the top 20 or 30 ranks, so... Maybe don't worry about it. Yeah, Roll with like, the punches and keep going. If your process it. is good, don't stress. That's it. And look, I thought, you know, I'll take a risk on Jack Bird, but Jed Cartwright should be all right. But it looks like he's busted because he's all the way out of the 24 this week. So he hasn't even been dropped. He's just, he got busted, which explains the less minutes as well. So it's, yeah. I was trying to work it out as, yeah, you can't predict injuries. You can with Jack Bird, but it's like one risk is fine. Both of them going down. That's Russ rough. Grading. Yeah. Yeah. You were warned about Jack Bird, and then you no, got to I, see I, it live on Friday. Oh, look, and that's fine. I can take one risk because one was relatively safe, right? One in, one out. But then my safe guy goes down too. Yeah. Anyway, how about you, mate? Uh, look, the one thing I suppose I got wrong is I finally paid the price for owning James Tedesco. That said, I pocketed 100K on him to date, so it's not too bad a decision. But otherwise, pretty clean slate, mate. I picked up Buddy Sullivan, and he spat out 48 for me. So I wasn't hating that, and I'm silently hoping that they bench bloody Ben Hunt uh, so that that can pay greater dividends. That's it. Well, look, let's just quickly talk about that because a bit of chaos to the Dragons, but it shows that they've still kept him, Mitch. Yeah, look, they they have to. And, you know, the whispers have been for the last two to three weeks that, as you probably know, Stu, that a number of players are sort of looking to get out and are a little unhappy. And I think basically what's happened from Shane Flanagan's end is he wants to keep as many players there as he can before he comes in so that he can sort of get a bit of a buy and he doesn't want to come there with a freaking tire fire. So I don't care if they sit Ben Hunt. I don't care if he moves on next year, but I do want the rest of the team to still be there. Some of our more important players, Zach Lomax, who I thought Stu looked pretty good on Friday, we know isn't happy. And uh, Jaden Suo, who also looked pretty good on Friday, 
is looking to make a move. So we've got to keep those second tier players around or at the very least make it so hard for Ben Hunt to leave, which is a tier one player, that those lesser players can't get out. That's it. And look, I think I think they learned with Jason Saab where they kind of got a little bit of money for him eventually when he left. And he'd probably be playing in this current Dragon squad. But they didn't really get much back for him. They just kind of let him go because he was unhappy eventually, right? But they kept firm on Sloan. They kept firm on Buddy Sullivan. But heaps of the guys have been wanting to go. But surely, if you're going to let someone go, you've got to at least get some of these good guys back. Like this year when they That's let right. Aaron Woods go and they picked up those two young fellas from Manly. Yeah, and I think those are the sorts of transactions you need to have. At the end of the day, if we were going to let Ben Hunt go, we'd have to pay out his contract. Well, if he wants to leave, we need to see some sort of compensation for that. That's just how that works. And I feel sorry for him that he's unhappy, but he's the one who encouraged him to pick up Anthony Griffin, so more for him. That's it. All right. Well, look, let's let's move past that. So let's get to the head-to-head league. So, Mitch, I'll let you look up your league. Just tell me who the top scorers are this week. So, look, Brenton Vickery is still winning the top of ours, 15,611 points. Well done to you, mate. Uh, Cast mates head-to-head. Dean McKenzie has come from nowhere. He's been in my ear all year about, like, you know, wanting to make top eight because he's down at 18th at one point, shot all the way back up. So he's won two of the last three weeks for top score, up to nine, got 998 last week. Well done, Dean. Uh in the competitive league number two, Hookers United, Scott C, 933. Well done to you. In Nick's newbie mode, uh, Nick couldn't be here this week, but I did get him to put in his leagues this week for once. So we've got Team No Sleep, J May, 938. And for Fida, this in your house. I don't know how, mate, you've <laughs> kept that name, but Michael Lewis, mate, well done, 890. Mitch, how about your head-to-head? Yeah, so we had Gus Bros with 985. That's a cracking score. And uh, Stu, be pleased to know I picked up a win, which puts me to 4 0 and 11 or something to that effect. <laughs> I'm now off 19th. I'm making a surge, mate. I'm up to 17th, I think, at the moment. So I'm on the up and up. I'm only four wins outside the eight. So you just never know. <laughs> oh, well, you got to win every game and hopefully a whole bunch of people drop them, mate, like do a Broncos. <laughs> oh, I, as long as I'm not. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there's someone sitting on two wins, so I think I'm out of any risk of uh, coming coming last. But, geez, these leagues are filthy. I, mean, I think I'll stick to the family league where I'm sort of running second because it's just so much pain. Oh, that's absolute filth, mate. All right. Look, let's get into the interesting, interesting stuff, Mitch. Now, last week we said, oh, look, injury list was very light. This week, not right. Yeah, that's a little unfortunate, but yeah, let's crack in. So Angus Crichton, he's had that MCL injury now. Stu, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I don't think we did. No. Uh, he has been sort of struggling with a knee injury that we did know about for some time. That's why his minutes have been down and he's been coming off the bench. I know there's been speculation uh, as to whether it was associated with his mental health or conditioning. It's not. He has been carrying a knee injury for some time and it looks like it's been an aggravation of that injury. So I'd expect to see him out for about two to four weeks. What I'd be most interested in, Stu, sort of coming back to that level of conditioning is what capacity he's going to come back, if at all. And maybe maybe with the way the Roosters are going, they might put a pin in his season or have him on a reduced load the rest of the way. So it borderline puts Angus Crichton at a do not touch uh, for the remainder of the 2023 season. Which but that's good for 2024. That's right. Chuck a star on Angus Crichton. Uh, Jake Turpin. So another one of those rib cartilage injuries. 
We've seen him before with multiple players and we've seen how it affects players who are forced to have line engagement. So Jake being a hooker, who's going to have to tackle a lot and make runs out of dummy half, I'd expect to see a reduction in points and line engagements over the next three to five weeks. So pretty painful injury. I would expect him to continue to play. He has been named this week, but just know it'll be a bit more of a dinner suit role in there at hooker. Egan Butcher, HIA, that'll be a week. Satili Tupanua, acute disc injury. So he's meeting with a spinal consultant. That'll likely mean surgery. We don't meet with those guys unless we're thinking that it's indicated. Uh, the medical staff at the Roosters sort of would be pulling the trigger based on a few fairly nasty symptoms there to, to be thinking that within the first couple of weeks. So I'd be thinking there'd be some sort of loss of sensation or strength, which is really not good. That'll be the season for him, I would suggest. Josh properly hamstring injury. They've listed him as two weeks. I doubt the big fellow will be out for just that. That'd be an unusually fast return for a hamstring injury, I would say, four weeks. Reese Robson, so 160 minutes of football over the course of five days hasn't done him much good. He's been listed with hamstring tightness but has been named as an owner. I don't love that, but I'm pretty well in it for the long haul with Reese. Jason Taumalolo, hamstring. He's named at 18. I actually think he will be a late inclusion uh, just to start building his minutes up over the next three weeks as the Cowboys make a bit of a surge. Tino Fasula Malawi, he's been rested post-origin and or was rested post-origin has been named to play this week. Latrell. Now, Stu, we talked about this last week that I said that he would be eased back in and they'll take his their time with him. He's out till round 21 now. There is some whispers here that the uh, injury is worse than what is being reported. I'm not convinced. I think the South Sydney Rabbitohs know they're going to make the eight. Uh, he's had that history of hamstring and lower leg injuries. I think they're just making sure he's at absolute peak fitness come the finals and they're in no rush to get him back. And I don't think they want any chance of him playing Origins. So that's where that is there. Jordan Riki, so plantar fascia stress reaction. That's not great. I don't like that at all. Uh, just primarily because of the position he plays in the second row, but also the difficulty in playing a sport like rugby league in football boots with that type of injury. Six to eight weeks is what he's listed. It could well be longer. That that's that's you know not Liz Frank territory by any stretch. But those midfoot injuries are notoriously difficult to come back from for football players. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him till uh, you know the finals period. Dane Gagai, wow. uh, yeah, seriously, it's a yucky injury. He might be in and out, but that's a yucky injury. They'll they'll take their time with that. Dane Gagai foot. So Dane Gagai has suffered a plantar fascia injury. With the bye coming up, Dane will commence rehab with the goal of returning to round 20. So I would suggest he might have a little tear or strain through the fascia. He's probably had some type of PRP or maybe cortisone, but I'd wager it's a PRP injection into the area. He'd be week to week even at round 20. So again, a bit like Jordan, those plantar fascia injuries, they can be pretty gnarly. And if they're getting listed as that, uh, it means there's a, there's a bit going on there. Question for you, Mitch. Yep. I was reading something the other week that uh, – Sometimes it's better if it actually tears, like the relief, they get the relief from the injury. Yes, but that in itself will have consequences because you've uh, compromised the actual structure of it. And it's it's sort of because it is a, a band, it's not likely to heal. So often it needs sort of further intervention. So oh, wow. certainly okay. from the tendon side of things and the pain side of things, initially it might be good. But remember that fascia uh is required to tension to allow us to spring off so one or two things happen you're either slower because there's a tear and, and a bit of an issue through there or uh the alternative is you start loading up other structures within the foot whether it be the bony structures so possibly like a stress fracture within your metatarsals 
uh, or some of the muscles in and around that area that help control the arch get overloaded. So yes, at least with pain initially it is, but long-term it can cause problems. Good to know because I know that uh, uh, Max King, I think, had this issue earlier in the year. So that would explain why his minutes have also been way off. Well, basically, I'd suggest to you they won't be able to get it right until he has an off-season. That's the sort of that's the sort of injury that 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 would be. Same for, uh, same for Dane Gagai. Like for, for the Dane Gagai, this is an important one because he's obviously a top three, four, five uh, center. So you reckon Dane won't be right? He won't be peak Dane. No, that's gross because that's kind of what he relies on. All right, uh, unlikely to be peak for Origin, but uh, unlikely to be peak Dane. Uh, listeners at home, that's gross. Speaking of other top five centers, Jack Bird. Yeah, I don't love this one, mate. You've got a quote in here, which I think is quite interesting, saying that uh, Jack feels like it's tendonitis in the back of his knee, so it's something to do with load. It feels a bit sore. I feel all right out there tonight, but I hurt my other knee tonight in my poplar tears. Uh, it's hard because my knees feel good. Everything around my knee feels good. I don't know what's letting me down. Unfortunately for Jack, and I really don't have any great information, but looking at his injury history, and we've spoken about this to you with the ACLs and the meniscus, is that uh, for Jack, it really is more than anything, probably just a knee joint thing. So the joint itself is taking extra load. I don't, I mean, for a footballer to be using poplar tees, that's pretty impressive because that's not exactly a common muscle. Um, He's probably spent a lot of time in surgeons' waiting rooms. Yeah, so. poor guy. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it'd be a weird area to have problems in. I'd probably suggest to Jack that it's his distal uh, semimembranosis. So we'll see if he knows that one, uh, if he's listening. Hope he's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we like but, Jack. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I think he's one of my favorite players in the NRL. But I think it's probably more likely to be uh, the back of his knee joint that he's noticing there. And probably the poplar teeth is kicking in to help protect it, it because it can do that uh, I, I just don't like it mate like part of the reason I wanted to make the pilgrimage down to Wollongong was to check out uh, a few of those Dragon Balls, Dragons boys and Warriors boys uh, I, I just think you know I said it on the podcast last week I don't like where his knees are at in general I think he's really going to struggle with his body moving forward I think it's finally just hit that that point where it's just not having it anymore I know we had last season and most of this season and I felt like the shift in position had made a bit of a difference but those that clean out earlier in the year and that knee soreness he keeps on getting uh, I just wonder if they're starting to pack it in that's no good and last one, Moses Sully, week off. Yeah, HIA, so that's not great for St. George, but uh, maybe we get to see the Fenai boys together and perhaps that um, left edge defence will be a little bit better without uh, Moses rushing out of the line. He's a fantastic ball runner, but, gee, you know, I, I said it to you uh, within the first five minutes that if the Warriors just run down uh, our left edge defence, they're going to score a lot of points. And about 45 minutes in, they figured that out and it wasn't very good. Fair enough. I, well, look, mate. Let's we're uh, look. Let's get back to the naughty corner because I'll, I'll skip that one because Reese Walsh is currently before the judiciary. I'm actually refreshing as we go because uh, they're giving testimony as we speak. They've been doing it since mate, six o'clock. He, he he gets off on that. I'm out. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> That's I've had it. Enough. Oh, mate, is get clocked. So, oh anyway, my gosh. But look, let's come back to that. Uh, but let's get to the first game for tonight. I'll keep an eye on the judiciary and we'll go through that. So it is Sharks versus Dragons at home points bet Thursday, 7.50 p.m. Mitch, what's happening with the Sharkies? 
The Sharks are 1-17 on the side that thrashed the Bulldogs 48-10 heading into the bye last weekend. Toby Rudolph foot has been listed on an extended bench to potentially play his first game since round five. Ben Hunt has been named again after his peace meeting with the club on Monday. Jack Bird and Zane Musgrove have been left out of the 17 following last weekend's embarrassing loss uh, to the Warriors. As Toby Couchman and Jaden Hunt join the side, Moses Suli concussion has been replaced by Tauta Moga and ben, while Ben Murdoch-Masilla moves into the side. Oh, no. No, we were no, talking. no. Well, look, oh. let, let, let's talk about this real quick because I know that uh, it, for the listeners at home, uh, Mitch, Adam and I all went to the Dragons-Warriors game. Uh, Adam obviously had a very good night because uh, they almost cracked the half century, the Warriors. But uh, we were talking about the fact that Ben Murdoch-Masella looked a lot better playing, what, 30 minutes? Yeah, he's an impact player. I would, uh, you know, bring off one of my second roles to give him a bit of a rest and bring Ben on with maybe 10 to 15 to go in the first half and maybe start with him at the beginning of the second half to soften him up for my um, better players to come on. But, geez, Bear man, he's he's not a big minute player in the second no. row. Like man, oh, no. Couchman you know, or someone the, like I, that. Well, the last time I saw BMM have to play in the second row, uh, Nico Hines had a century because he just ran at him all night. And well and behold, <laughs> Ben Murdoch Masilla is playing left edge, and Nico Hines loves the right side. So um, you know, oh, gonna make sure you bring your bib, uh, Nico, because you're going to be eating big down that uh, right side. There's going to be a lot of tries down there. That's it. Uh, also interesting is uh, Zane Musgrove, who scored, he then got left out. Interesting. Okay. I think that's a cultural decision. Yeah, it's probably not bad. I just don't know why he played last week then. Anyway, move it on. <laughs> Good point. Let's let's start off with uh, a couple of the guys. Mitch, uh, Tyrell Sloan, played, was 34 points after that first run, scored six points for the rest of the game, but is cheap, does play 19, less than 400K. Are we thinking that Sloan is looking better? He is looking better, but remember you're jumping on the Sloan train. I think he's looking more confident. I'm sure you'd agree with that, Stu. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he still has enormous question marks on him, so he's going to have those missed tackles. And more than anything, I think this Dragon side is just going to struggle week to week while it sort of sorts out his, uh, its identity. I'm sort of looking more at Sloan next year because that's the first time I've seen him really let go as far as his speed um, cutting through the line. If someone can teach that team to use him properly and for him to defend, I think he'll be one of the premier fullbacks in the NRL. I just don't think 2023 is a safe year to pick him up. Like it. Okay. And we also had uh, Buddy Sullivan, uh, one of your picks from last week, looked far more dangerous than Ben Hunt and cracked out a 48. Mate, every time I thought they went down that uh, left side with Buddy, I thought they looked likely to score. And and again, when Ben and Buddy combined, I thought they looked better. I thought just from a centering attack option, having Buddy as another option was better. But exactly as you said, I felt he was the most likely to do something on the field. Whenever he touched the ball, you felt like St. George might be able to get something done. I think he's the future of the club. Do I think you should pick him up? Well, no, unless you're you know a full retard like me, it's a really risky option. But if Hunt, for whatever reason, gets rested or they bench him, Buddy is going to be the what this team is built around. And I think he's shown that he can actually run these guys around. So, you know, I'm hopeful that maybe Hunt can be altruistic and help help build Sullivan up into that role, particularly if he does end up moving on. But, you know, my impression is, Stu, that 
the majority of the attack, even though it looks better going through Sullivan, will continue to go to Hunt. There are a few instances on Friday where I really felt like the pass should go left and Liddell just instantly looked right and went there seeing that Hunt was over there as opposed to making the right decision. And again, I'm not sure that's going to change for 2023. So while Sullivan passed the eye test, I'm not convinced until Hunt is gone, if he goes at all, that you could risk it. Um, knowing that you you know he'd be just potentially sitting there now, I traded out Sullivan for Katoa, so that that's not a bad trade no. because we know Sullivan is going to play full minutes and has a much higher ceiling. But just understand, like Hunt is still running this team around. It's the big thing. That's it. Now Jack Bird, we just discussed, is a hard sell for those of yep. you who still own him. Unfortunately, now yep. Jack DeBellin, sixty three, still ah uh, look. I think he's the best player on the team. I said Sullivan sort of looked the best, but I think Jack DeBellin is easily the best player on the team. <laughs> as soon as no, as soon as he went off that field, instead of you know the Warriors only being able to go on our edges, they literally were going to be able to score on us anywhere. Uh, how many tackles did we see him oh, make, it, Stu, the, on the inside when they turned it in? That or it, when they ran across the field and they ran across the field right like looking for an inside runner or cutting through the line right up until they hit Jack DeBellin a number of times. Yeah. Would have been 60 without him. He he was very, very good. I Again, I just feel bad for him. I actually think he should be the captain of the team, but I'm sure the NRL would have something to say about that. He's still a buy in my books. Mm. Uh, the only issue is, Stu, he played 80 minutes again, I believe, or, or close on. Um, he I think played for later. I yeah. didn't see him come off. No, neither did I. And it's just, that's a little bit of a cause for concern because I did think playing those 80 minutes for the three off weeks prior to that nasty head knock that it took it out of him. Um, that said, uh, I didn't think he was very involved in attack. And I think that's deliberately so, so that basically he can just do the hard yards and defense. Sort of my likeness would be Sean Fenson from 2010, 11, 12, where he just is a tackling machine. And they, they need that because he has a big engine and he's got a, I think he's got a very good tackling technique. Mm. Um, so look, he, he's very safe. I think, you know, outside of Payne Haas, he's probably the best keeper sent mid in the game at the moment. I like uh, it. And then the last one you've got here, Zachy Lomax. So again, I thought Lomax was quite good on the weekend. I think his runs look a lot better. I still don't think they know how to use him. I'd like to see him running onto the ball a little bit faster and, and looking to cut through the line and then offload as opposed to that jink with the the flick pass off to Ravalar. I think he'll mm. do a lot more damage if he can cut through the line. That aside, I'm not, I'm not the coach of the Dragons. Uh, but he has looked better in defense. His ability to fend off players has looked good. His goal kicking looks better. The only issue is with the goal kicking, he's not going to score as many points given that he's on the Dragons. Um, I, I feel like he's not a bad pickup if you wanted to cash out of someone like Jack Bird because you'll be getting him for a fair amount cheaper. You just got to understand that uh, the Dragons are going to struggle. And if they struggle, he will likely uh, struggle. You know, but, I would. They were looking, trying to push the ball a bit to make something happen because that's if they're it. going to Ben Hunt, he sits out. Ben Hunt's dumping it off to Lomax, going to try and make something happen. I feel like, and I know the Dolphins struggled the other day, but with uh, Sean O'Sullivan coming back, you're probably probably better off uh, moving across to Hammer, who's actually 10k cheaper than Lomax. So that that's my feeling on that because Hammer's on a bit of a high. I think Lomax is sort of getting his stuff together, and I personally will be looking at him for the 2024 season. I think there'll be a number of dragons next year: Sloan, Sullivan, and Lomax, who will all be quite interesting under a new coach. Interesting. Okay, so maybe avoid Zachy Lomax, which is a bit of a shame because I'm looking for a round 19 centre. Well, two of them now. Oh, keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on him. But I think, Stu, if you're going to cash out, you'd probably look for Hammer or Holmes. 
Yeah, but both don't play 19 though. State of Origin three. But I get your point. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about one of the other guys on my side. Let's let's discuss it. So let's move to the Sharky side here. So look, Hines coming off an 88 off the bye. Still a solid choice. Biggest dangerous Origin three, but that would only be one game at this point. Possibly two because he back up round 20, I believe, is in New Zealand. So that would be a little bit of hard work. And I'm just double checking here before I give you on the bad oil. Uh, round 20, when do the Sharks play? Yeah, the Sharks play on the the Sunday 2 p.m. game, but it is in New Zealand. So that would be where the Hines would back up. If he plays 80, uh, it would be a little bit tough. But I'd say he's probably the best captain option this week against a, well, the Warriors just put 48 on the Dragons, right? Uh, yep. I, I think, Stu, I, I'd be almost willing to bet a sandwich on Heinz cracking out a century against St. George this weekend, but it's too ridiculous a bet to do. And I don't think you'd take it because Heinz oh, against BMM could get ugly. I could, <laughs> mate. And pushing guys around him, like even just with the try assists and the, the kick meters, like, you know, he'd be pushing uh, Nakora, you know, running holes on him and Raymond on the outside. So, yeah, could be in for a good week. Speaking of Nakora, 61. So he's playing and feeding well off Hines. So he did score a try in the last game that he played running the short ball. He's good edge putt. He's a really good edge uh, to finish off this year to partner uh, Papali or Bateman from the Tigers. So if you don't want to jump on the Tigers train, which is perfectly understandable, you can go off Nakora. Obviously, he will suffer a little bit more if, uh, if Hines does miss any time. But... At the moment, you know, that entire team runs through Hines and he's the guy who plays right outside him, so he will do very well. Now, the other guy to look at for around 19 centimetre, Jesse Ramian. So coming off a 20, which we know that Jesse Ramian absolutely has in him, right? Uh, but he's the best of the cheaper centre options. And I mean, I don't know, I spent a while looking through ones available today and tomorrow. So 479k. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to pick up any of the other guys until at least around twenty-one or so when their buys finish. Yep. But Raymond will play through for the rest of the season. What are you thinking there? Um, all right, I'm going to ask you three questions. Who's yep. a better centre as far as player, Lomax or Raymond? Lomax. Who's better? Okay. Who is more likely to get suspended or injured? Raymond. Okay. Ooh, who's ooh. on the? Who's? Yeah, but uh, it's yeah. Ramian has the Laramian has more loading at the moment. Yes, it certainly does. Yep. Okay. Who's on the better team? Uh, Ramian. And who has the softer run? Ramian. And who's cheaper? Ramian. So Sorry, really, man. the only thing you're worried about is the thug moment, and and the occasional one where he just it, well, sometimes he's a victim of the team being so good they're on the other side all night. That's the issue here. So if I'm going through scores, right? So I just... Oh, do you want me to quickly read out the run? their run? Yeah. Sharks have Dragons, Raiders. Ti- Raiders, by the way, I think are overrated. Tigers, Eagles, Eels. That's not great. Dragons. So oh, two- no, that's, the, that's the Dragons run. My bad. <laughs> so Dragons have Sharks, Raiders, Tigers, Eagles, Eels, right? And then the Sharkies run is... Uh, bear with me. Uh, they have, obviously, the Dragons. Then they have the Tigers. Warriors, that's not great. 
because uh, I thought they were pretty good. They were. Uh, good. Seagulls, Panthers, that's not great. Rabbitohs, that's also not great. Titans, Cowboys. Mm, I reckon the run's fairly similar. Knights and Raiders to finish off the season. So, yeah, it's it's pretty equal. But, yeah, so – and I just want to read out his previous scores. So, for, for Raimi, this is what interested me because I was looking to pick up even both of them, right? So, oh. Raimi's gone as high as 70. He had a 70 against the Dragons round four and then a 63. But then he backed up, like, the following weeks, 28, 15, 24, 21, 51 versus the Seagulls, 36 versus the Knights, 50 versus uh, the Broncos, but then a 17 versus the Storm, 33 versus the Bulldogs. So he's coming off a 33. Uh, and that was with, he was basically gifted a late try. So he got, I, I don't know whether you saw that, but he got a intercept try, whereas in the line Bulldogs were trying late and ran for probably 60 of his 133 run meters. So without that, right, which is the turnover, the try, and probably the 60 run meters, he would have been close to 15 points that game. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. It, he's a real boom or bust pick. Yeah, it'll either really come up for you or it won't. Lomax is much safer. Like in the time that Hook's been gone, Lomax has looked better, but he's also spat out scores of 43, 36, 50, 38, 39. That's what I mean. Um, that that base that's, is and nice. that's so solid. Uh, and and I just read out the run. It's pretty soft, with the exception of the Sharkies this week. So you know, as I said, you got Tigers, Raiders. Eagles, eels, the eels. You know, we don't know which eel side's going to show up. That's not too bad. That's it. So I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm possibly even picking up both of them this week just for the run home, because uh, they both play round nineteen, and but I don't Holmes have any. Looks so good. <laughs> Holmes does look so good. I. It's just that he doesn't play, and so I know they've taken they've taken flight. But you're quite right. Or, or I could just cop a week where I just don't have him and just yeah play Holmes. Of a week where he doesn't play. Anyway, enough about my problems. Let's let's talk through the the rest of the squad. I'm just having a look through the squad list here. It doesn't look like uh, there's much else of interest here. I know people have talked about Talakai, but he's another hundred k. I'd probably have Lomax over Talakai if it came down to that. I'd right? have I'd have half a dozen players before Talakai. That's it. He he has a great base with running meters. So you see for Talakai, uh, much better than Ramian. So. Less pitchy, but he's a lot more expensive. So 543k. And we haven't really seen like his last good game was in round 10 versus the Dolphins. Alright. Uh moving on. Who do we think is going to win this one? I've got the Sharkies and unfortunately, Mitch, I'm probably going to say by about 30. Yeah, I, I'm gonna predict the score. Sharks 54, Dragons 4. Oh, I reckon Dragon Six. Let's actually low match. Looks like he might kick those goals. <laughs> All right. I think it's going to be nasty. It is. So, look, if you can get tickets to points bet, go down and see it. You want to go down and see it, Mitch? Mate, I've got multiple patients who are Sharks fans in uh, my group exercise classes, which I just finished on the day, who are going down there. There's no way I'm going down to that game. <laughs> There's absolutely no way. They, I, I, will be ha- I will be hazed out of there. It'll be, it'll be ugly. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next game. Warriors coming off a big win versus the Rabbits, coming off another soft loss Friday, uh, 30th of June. So let's go through it real quick. Warriors teams real quick. Mitch Barnett is back. He replaces Moreta Nucore. Uh, Josh Curran starts uh, in near Corey's spot. Barnett goes to the bench. 
Well, the Rabbitohs Jacob Host is suspended for two games for a shoulder charge, replaced by Michael Cheekham. Uh, Silva Havili comes back into the side alongside Shaq Mitchell. Jed Cartwright looks to be injured as he's all the way out of the 24, and Peter Mamazoulos drops to the extended bench. Uh, let me kick off with this one. So really, I've got to say, guys, with the Rabbitohs, it's really tough to pick up their players from here. The main reason for this is that any one of the guys who play Origin, which is Murray and Cook, and possibly, uh, oh, what's his name? Play center. Sorry, Mitch, I'm having a complete mental break. Uh Campbell. Campbell. There we go, Campbell Graham. Uh, any of those guys, essentially, they will miss round 19. They'll then got the buy round 20. They then have oh. an extra buy round 26. Oh. <laughs> so they will miss three games from, oh my God. from the remaining nine or 10. So minimum, that's without any injury suspensions or anything. So Isn't that why we sold Murray 10 weeks ago? Well, we sold Murray 10 weeks ago because he just went backwards at a rate of knots and we're lucky we got out when yep. we did. But same with if you bought Cookie, it looks like he's probably going to play Origin 3 unless because it looks like they're not going to cut the coach before then. So as it stands, guys, uh, look, let's real talk real quick about Cam Murray because there is some interest because he's below 700K. And any time that a guy with the quality of Cam Murray is below 700K, he's worth a quick discussion. So the issue with Cam Murray, he scored very well. 62, scored very quickly early on, as we know that Cam Murray can do. Uh, got sloppy late, did look a little bit worn. He's currently 652k, Mitch. That's why he's of interest. Uh, but he could have cracked 70 plus. He did have a number of penalties late. So I would say, unless you've got a ton of trades or cover depth in your yeah. side, avoid. Yep. But yep. if you're a head-to-head player and you want to really clip some people rounds 22, 23, 24. That'll be me. Of, and Murray might be worth a look, 650K, yep. 52 break-even. It's already my game plan, Stu. Awesome. Uh, look, Cookie, 48, decent score, but see above. Mrs. 19, 20, 26, avoid. King Klomatangi is in danger of Origin 3, especially if anyone cops a knock this weekend. He looks to be the next man in for the forwards. So, again, avoid. Uh, I, the other guy that we did miss, I must say, Teague Wilton from the Sharks above there. He's just re-signed. He looks like he could be a decent buy as well. If you need someone to play round 19, I uh, wouldn't pick up King Kalomatangi, even though they're very similarly priced. Now, Mitch, uh, look, mate, you've got Jackie Bird, right? You've got a whole bunch of others, right? One guy that you didn't, SJ. That is, literally, that is literally the only one that I got wrong all of the 2023 season. And it's just one as a, as a podcast, mate, that's really hurt us. And I feel quite guilty about it. 70 points. I was talking to Adam about it because he was kind of quizzing me on why I was so off SJ. And it it really boils down to his injury history. And I felt like his inability to do the SJ role we know, which is to jink, break tackles uh, and score tries wasn't going to be there, which it hasn't been for quite some time. And what he's been able to do, which is something I didn't think he could do, is play the dinner suit role, Stu. And he looks cerebral back there. I saw him live. And again, that was part of the motivation to go down there. I wish I had have seen him live earlier because he can run that team around and he only needs to chime in here and there to really do damage. I mean... And he was playing both sides. I, I said, you know, at some point he was going to get injured. He's playing the Cleary role and Cleary was playing with, you know, a totally busted shoulder. I think he'd be unlucky to get injured at the moment. He looks great. Yep. 
have to pick up one of those non-contacts. So look, SJ guys, I think is probably one of those final team keepers. Yep. Uh, I know that Cleary Congratulations might be back. to everyone who got onto him. Yeah. Look, I know that Cleary might be back and Moses will push him as well because he runs a very similar role, drinking all the milkshake. But if you've got SJ, just leave him alone. Do not touch. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake, 69. He, I didn't notice him too often, Mitch, in the game on Friday, but he's, he's still racked up a pretty impressive score. Yeah, he has no chill, mate. I think we might have missed on this one because we warned people against him, but he's a bit like Jack DeBell and he just gets in there. He does a lot of hard work. Uh, he's been good. I know my sister-in-law, Claudio, has owned him all season. His value is now 823K, and he has been the beneficiary of a few injuries to that Warriors uh, forward pack, but he's just been good the entire year. And you're quite right. We didn't notice him, but uh, he had 31 tackles. He had two tackle busts. Uh, racked out two offloads to hand 193 run meters like he's just doing hard work and 60 minutes and he's been consistently between 60 and 70 minutes the whole season Uh, from round eight onwards his minutes go something like uh, this they go 70 75 67 51 that's not great then 68 65 64 59 he's just putting in minutes and I think he's really important to this Warriors side, particularly with Torhu struggling, which we might come to now, mate. Yes. I really feel like Torhu is still struggling with that MCL injury. I know I cautioned a lot of people against that when I got out and he, he did have a bit of a resurgence, which was really friggin' annoying. It's one of those things that 40 points was absolutely hindered by that injury. Uh, we could see him limping in back play. That's enough mm. for me to not touch him for the rest of the year. He may find ways through it. I know that you said, Stu, part of the reason they, they haven't rested him is because they can't. And, uh, you know, depending that, on that their position. Player, they just, they don't have. It's very, and, and what I observed is he is crucial to let SJ play the dinner suit role mm. because he threatens the line. So without Torhu there, it, it does expose Sean Johnson a little bit. And I think they're a lesser team for it. But I, I would be nervous that they might sort of try and as much as possible coddle him through the next three to four weeks and possibly through the remainder of the season until finals just to keep him as healthy as he can because those knee injuries are definitely giving him trouble. I gotcha. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because it allows essentially SJ was second receiver a lot of the night. So uh, That's or sometimes right. third receiver. So Tohu would receive the ball first or second, right? For what, two or three plays out of every set? Yep. So, and and then pass it out. So it just allows them to move a little bit wider. Uh, there, so I don't think it's panic stations if you hold him, but I must say, after watching it, I'm just slowly thinking about round twenty moves. You know, once Origin players are back, you know, we're talking about for feeder, talking about yo guys like that, where I've got a little bit of cash saved away. Artor, who just might be a victim of of that if he, you know, continues to sort of do forties and fifties, not sixties. Um. All right, I think that's just about all the guys. Obviously, uh, in this one, Dallin Wittenis Lesniak went ballistic, but I don't think he's going to come up against Matt Fenai every week, right, Mitch? No. No, so don't get sucked in there. That's harsh. That wasn't Matt Fenai's fault. That was uh, Suli and Jack Bird's fault. That's true. Uh, and look, Josh uh, Josh Curran, don't get sucked in by him. He's only in for a couple of weeks. Why Nikore is injured. I didn't realize that Nikore is basically on $850,000 a year, Mitch. So he's in wow. a pretty safe spot. I was like, geez, he's doing well to keep his spot all the time. It's like, oh, they're paying him too much money. Uh, apart from that, guys, I think that is just about it. Lukey Metcalf did okay, but he's just old if you got him, still can't buy because we don't know when Tamari Martin is back. Uh, who have you got winning this one, Mitch? 
Uh, I think the Warriors looked really, really good, mate. And the Bunnies are very injured at the moment. I'm going to go Warriors by 10. Yeah, I'm looking at the squad. I, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably pretty right here. I think the only way that the Rabbitohs win is if uh, Cody Walker really does start to pick both edges to pieces. So it's, I think that's where there's probably a little bit of a lack of quality uh, in the Warriors is possibly just on those outer edge spots. And so, really, unless he does that, I'd say, yeah, Warriors by 10 sounds pretty good. All right. Biggest game of the round, Mitch. Uh, Storm versus the Panthers. Yeah, it, uh, hopefully it's a better game than we got at Magic Round in 2022. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Munster, <laughs> that, was, that was miserable. Cameron Munster returns after missing last week with Caxtonitis, according to Skipper Christian Welsh, while Tua Kamika Kamika. Uh, with his calf, makes his comeback via the bench. Aaron Penna ankle has been named on an extension bench as Kane Bradley joins the side for his third NRL game of 23. The Panthers won without Origin Stars last week and they'll return with Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, Emma's favourite player, Jerome Luai, Liam Munn and Isaiah Yo all starting. Jamin Salmon, the gutted dog, shifts to the bench with Tyrone Peachy, Thomas Jenkins, Zach Hosking and Matt Eisenhuth all dropping out. So, Stu, you've got a few of your favourite Panthers boys to talk about, so kick us off with Dylan Edwards. Oh, look, uh, Dylan Edwards, 56, so he's a great option uh, for wing fullback. As we saw this week, wing fullback can bring like, some real shock and scores. So Teddy pulled out. He was lucky to get to 20, right? Uh, and then he put down the chance to get to 50 <laughs> and win the game, but he put it down. Reese Walsh got a 7 Right, and Ponga pulled out a 17. So the fact that Dylan Edwards is still pushing out good scores, uh, and even in like games like the week before in the Cowboys, is still cracking out 30s. I reckon he's a great option for the run home. He's dropped about 100k from his peak, 640 odd k. Uh, you can pick up this week or wait for round 20. But he, you know, all effort player, brilliant base stats, and if he does get those tries, it just pushes him to 50s and 60s. Uh, instead of 30. So, uh, yeah, great option like Chance Nickel Clockstad. Otherwise, we've got Zach Hosking. So he's been pushed to 18th man. So, guys, that should tell you to sell if you haven't. You've been holding on for week after week. Go pick go pick someone else. Uh, not hard. Now, Jack Cogger, he's actually been playing pretty well. He's been running that. It's not even been dinner suit, Mitch, because he's actually running the ball a fair bit or trying to threaten the line, which is why he's pushing out like last three scores of 70-odd. So, but he's only got one to two more games left in him, so he would be in a void because obviously, like, unless something happens to Cleary, like he arranges that hamstring, uh, it's just you can't hold him long-term. He's already at 560K. Yep. Harry Grant. Now, from the other side, so he had a decent outcome from a bit of a strange game, like the one versus Seagulls. Seagulls like to play at white. So... His break-even means that you can wait a fortnight to buy. I know a few people bought in last week, like myself. I cleaned off change Fisher-Harris, so I didn't feel bad about that. But the Grants, uh, I'd probably wait for now until round 20. Just make sure that he backs up after Origin. You never know what happens. Benny Hunt could go down early. He plays, you know, Grant plays 70, 75 minutes and then might not back up round 20. Now, we've got to talk about a guy who we've poo-pooed a bit, Mitch. Nelson Asafa Solomona. So he went really well last week, managed to dummy Ruben Garrick, like step him near the line, 
are over for a try off line break. Uh, I guess the you know the Seagulls didn't tie him out as much. They probably had worse edge defense. I'm not sure that Ethan Bullymore is the right guy to mark up against Nelson, right, Mitch? No, that's right. Yeah, so look, Scotty Sorensen better be on his game this week. Uh, so is it? Hold on, he's left. Is he playing? No, he's playing right edge. Yeah, so uh, look, I'd look to hold him this week. I'm not sure. Would you buy Mitch? He's he's on an edge until Eli Katoa comes back from that eye injury. He got a cut right near the eye. No, I wouldn't. I'd buy Pabali before I bought, bought Nelson as Officer Lamana. Fair enough. Uh, like, I just I don't think the position's secure enough, and it's one one good game. I know Nick and Adam were both very high on him, and they've got the seventy three points out of him. And they're they're probably right that there are points there, but I puppy to me at seven twelve is is more enticing than uh, Nelson. I know Nelson's significantly cheaper, but Puppy has the job security and has been moved to that right side where we know he can dominate. So I'm hoping over the next few weeks that continues that trend of uh, the week prior continues. That's it. I'd be looking to shift Nelson 19 or 20 or so. Now, uh, Cam Munster, I was having a look at him this week because his break-even is in the 50s. Uh, he's down to 720K, Mitch. So, oh. yeah, very good price. Now, unless he goes nuclear this week, you'll probably still be able to pick him up for a decent price after Origin. So I'm saying hold this week, hold off buying him. I was really close to trading Jack Bird to Cam Munster for like oh. – 50 grand, but I need centers, mate. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking about it, but I, I don't think I'll do it. I think I'll wait till round 20 because he could be a gun for the road home. And the Storm might have to play them the rest of the way. Yeah, I think they will because it's a very tight this year. Like I don't know whether you can bring up the ladder, but I, you can see how compressed that it is at the moment. So... Or the top three sides, they're all on the same number of points and everyone else is only a couple of games away. Like, I think the... Let me just pull out the ladder here. I got it up now, mate. So there is two points between first and sixth. Yeah. And four points between first and ninth. That's exactly- That's amazing. That's a properly good season. That's it. Team, you know, theoretically, uh, the only teams that really are totally out of it are the Dragons, Tigers, Dogs and Knights who are sort of sitting 15 or worse. But the Seagulls are on 17. They're still in it. They're only three. They're only a win and a half outside the eight. That's at it. 13th. It's absolutely filthy. Yeah, even the Knights can make a run at this point. Like, to eight. Certainly could. So, yeah. It's, they won't, but they could. No, they won't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with the season. And, like, sides like the Broncos, they've got two buys still remaining. So, that's two more wins up their sleeve. So, it's going to be gross. Uh, so I reckon the Storm will probably be pushing for a top two spot if they can get it. Uh, I think that's just about it for all the players that we want to talk about here. Unless Does anyone else jump off the page at you, Mitch? Uh, no, not not this week. Oh, look. That last one is Scotty Sorensen. If you got him a couple of weeks ago doing well, he's actually doing very well. And he seems to have sewn up that left edge spot at the expense of both Zach Hosking and Luke Garner. And so... Yeah, I think that uh, Scotty Sorensen is probably pretty safe here, but he will fluctuate between that 60 to 80 minutes a game because they want to put Jamin Salmon in as that utility for, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game. Yep. All right. I think that's just about it, Mitch. Who have you got winning this one? I got Storm by four, mate. I think the Panthers are due for a loss. They've been finding ways to do it, and the Storm looked pretty good last week. 
They did. And look, the Panthers, they sort of ground out a win last week against the Knights. I think, yeah, I think that missing Cleary, I think that Cam Mustard will probably push just a little bit in here if he shows up. So I reckon that it should be a tight one, sort of within four, but probably the Storm, unfortunately. Uh, kind of wish both sides were at full strength because this would be an absolute cracker of a game. Uh, moving on, we get to the Saturday game. Uh, Raiders versus Titans. They've stuffed this one on. Yeah, it's probably a good time to put this one on. Uh, look, for the Raiders, Josh Papali has been replaced by Pasami Solo. Ada Mariota joins the bench. Otherwise, it's 1 through to 17. Uh, Xavier Savage is still in the Shadow Realm. On the Titan side, Tina Fasua Malawi comes back into the side. His brother Isaac gets yeeted <laughs> into 18th man. Uh, Jamin Joliffe also returns, uh, so shifts back to the bench. So let's have a quick talk about these guys. Mitch, Corey Horsburgh keeps on punching at these ridiculous scores. Uh, only worry for him is that he might make Origin 3 now with Thomas Flegler busted. Yeah, he could he could well, and he certainly deserves to. Because uh, that aside, he is probably my third uh, pick for mids of the year behind Huss and Jack DeBellin. But he's been in an absolute test due since round seven with scores of 54, 77, 56, 48, 59, 78, 46, 66, and then that 86 against the Roosters. And I'm just looking at his demerits. He is one of the lowest in the forward um bracket like he'll miss one to two tackles a game max he's only had two errors all season if Filth. you believe it two errors and he's racked up 1733 meters run like it's one we sort of slept on just a little bit unfortunately um and i think the big thing was origin and, and the fear of picking him and again we've talked about that maybe next year we won't have as much fear over origin and and buys because i've really missed on on Horsburgh, he's been a good pick and he's sort of rocketed up in value. You know, he's out to 794K. Uh, he's certainly in keeper territory, but the question is, he, he probably is an obvious choice to replace Flegler in the front row there. Fair enough. Uh, look, we also got to talk about uh, Joey Tarpane. So, found, found his offloads again this week. Up he to did. 51. What are we thinking? He did. Look, he just hasn't been Joey Tarpany from round 20 uh, last year onwards where he was sort of again going on a bit of a tear. I've kept him and I probably will keep him until that round that you said and I've got a bit of cash banked up so perhaps I will switch over to Big Red. The thing about Tarpany is he just hasn't shown us any reason to have any more faith. The one thing I'd look for though, it didn't help him at the start of the year when Papa Lee was out is that hopefully he can pick up the slack over the next few weeks while Josh is there and for our sakes, maybe increase in value, but neither the minutes or the, the uh, points have been there the last mm. 20 weeks, like the entirety of the season, really. No, it's, it's been, it's like you've, if you got 51 every week, but it's like 51, 44, 51, you know, there's been a couple of good games, but more average games than not. Now, I'd like to throw a late entrant into the round 19 center options, right? For those of us hurting out there, which is most of us. Uh, Eddie Timoko. So got a 41. He's come down a little bit in price, Mitch. Like, have you been watching Matty Timoko? And if so, what are you thinking? Mate, I haven't watched him at all. But again, I think there are better options out there. I'd be looking at Ramian, Lomax, Hamaso, 
Mahomes. I know Timiko is playing those extra games, but I don't know if I trust the Raiders, if I'm honest. I think they're just finding ways to scrape by in a lot of these games. They haven't really inspired a huge amount of confidence to me. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, look, I, I, he went on a bit of an early season tier, Mitch. So, like, you know, start off pretty slow, 25-37, then went 66 50, uh, against the Sharkies, 56 against the Knights, 34, 33, 54, 56, 64, 49. So like that real mid-season tear. Now three of those games involved, out of those four involved tries, and one was against the Dolphins, who obviously we've seen are on a big mid-season slide. And then came back to earth, 16, 15. And then last, but the last three, 47, 40, and 42 against the Tigers, uh, the Warriors, and the Roosters. So I'm... Look, he's come down off. He was sort of reaching sort of 600, 650 at one point. I'm, he's probably the third of the pick, I think, for this one because he only misses round 20 and then has that nice run home. But if you're worried about the Raiders, then it's certainly something to be worried about. So he's, I'm just trying to think here. He's, which edge does he play on? He plays on the right edge, yeah? Uh, he does, yes. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, was he marking up? No, he wasn't marking against Joey Manu. That was Croker. So he's That's playing correct, on the right-hand yep. edge. He's playing up at it outside Fogarty. So, yeah, a little bit rough there. Okay, interesting. And the last one, I know that Adam brought up in the group chat this week, Jackie Whiten. So actually had his first good game in a long long time the other week, Mitch. Got a 63 versus the Roosters with a try, which he literally stole the lunch money of James Tedesco. I'm not convinced he's a pick-up, though. Yep, even, even at, at 473. Oh, geez. Well, the question is, why do we feel like he's had such a rough run prior to that? Like, what is the reasoning behind his prior scores to 63, which were 33, 23, 39, 22, 40, and 29? And yeah. you sort of, I, I look at it, there's a chunk of missed tackles in there, uh, but no more than, than previously in the better rounds. Where is he lacking? I uh, Seven missed tackles versus the Tigers. I'm just trying to see for... Is there anything that sticks out? You missed tackles, bro. Kick, like seven- kick meters have been right down. That, oh, that's that's hurting him. Kick meters have been right down, particularly with Fogarty taking up more and more of the, the role. Um, and in games he scored, he's scored points. He's typically scored a try, which lo and behold, he scored a try against the Roosters. So... I don't know. I'm just not seeing enough because he doesn't drink much of the milkshake. Fogarty does a lot of that. You can see his kick meters were a little... Okay, so he had 228 kick meters last game, but generally speaking, he's had sort of, you know, 128, 117, 44, 172, 151. Like, there's not much there. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm just on, throwing on it out the, there to on you. On, the, sort of like- on the plus side, his run gets easier. So we got the Titans and the Dragons before the bye, right? After he's got Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Storm, which isn't great, but then Bulldogs... And Broncos and Sharks, but as they're looking to close up for the season, so I don't know. I it could be it could be a play there, but it's it's more the price factor more than anything else. But to be fair, though, risk. he had twenty he had twenty three against the Tigers and twenty eight against the Dragons. Ooh, okay. So just throwing it out there, like to be the devil advocate, it's like those just because they were easy teams didn't mean he scored well. That's true. Well, I guess guess keep an eye on Jackie White, and you probably got a he win is on cheap. Him. Like if you need someone desperately, not a bad option. Around nineteen. But- yeah, but like I just wonder with him exiting if they're sort of transitioning to Fogarty and having him play more and more of that second fiddle role. That's true, and yeah, because he is exiting, he might just be down a little bit on his efforts. 
Okay, let's move to the other side. So Dave Fafita. So guys, Mark Adan, officially we want Dave Fafita for the run home. Uh, find a way to bank some cash as he's not dropping as much as we wanted. I was hoping that he'd get maybe 40 minutes, right, for 40 points. And yeah, drop- that didn't happen. No, it didn't. So he just still dropped 30 green because his break-even was around 100. But his break-even 70 this week. He could actually smash it against the, the Raiders. You never know. Uh, look, AJ Brimson, guys, I'm waiting. I'm still trying to refresh the page to see whether Reese Walsh has been suspended or not. But he's the next man up most likely for Origin 3. So do not pick him up. That's pretty simple. Uh, Outside of that pelvic injury. That's it. Well, that's as bad as it is anyway. So just uh, for the people listening at home, I'm just, I'm currently waiting here. Uh, They're summarizing the judiciary. They've been at it for almost three hours at this point, Mitch. So a lot of evidence was given, mate. They got to justify why he's going to get off that frigging charge. (laughs) Mate, I'm going to be Jack filthy. Jack gets stood down, even though he wasn't found guilty, and Reese Walsh is going to get off for uh, swearing at a ref. Yep, that makes sense. That stands up. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, mate, not good. Uh, but let's talk about Tanner Boyd. So, guys, he got a 34. It wasn't great. Tough game against the Broncos. So, he will suffer in games like this where he does just play the dinner suit role without necessarily those attacking stats of... Uh, some of these other halves out there, but his run does get a little bit easier at this point. So the Raiders, and then he's got, uh, let me just pull up the next few for Tanner Boyd. So, because he does have that lovely dual player status, he's dropping a little bit of coin from his high at around 700k. Uh, coming up, he's got the Broncos, then he's got the Dolphins, which are a shadow of the side they were. He does have the Eels, but after that, it's the... Roosters, uh, Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks, Panther, Storm, Bulldogs. It's not a great last five, is it? Warriors. And if the Cowboys say Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks, Panthers, Storm, Mitch. That's not a great run, is it? That is not a great run. That is super yuck, to be honest. And and to be fair, and two weeks beforehand, we've got the Eels and the Roosters. So depending on, like, if the eels show up, so even if the roosters are shadow, they're still pretty tough, right? Ugh. Yeah, yeah, like, you've got to be careful. I wouldn't sleep on that team. No, so, okay, so really, Tanner Boyd here, round 20, 21 exit. Once we're past the buy period, possibly here, you can just park him in your squad and leave him alone if you've got bigger issues, but you can always trade him up once we're, uh, once we're past round 19. Uh. Not too many other times. I know a few people have been interested in guys like like a few people in react. Should we get on Brian Kelly? Should we bring get on Philip Sami? Any interest from you there, Mitch? No, not really on this Titans team. No, me either. Like, you know, they've just sacked the coach. I know Brian Kelly's had a couple of good games. He got a fifty last week. Philip Sammy's obviously cracked out some amazing scores this year. But I just think that those are kind of unsustainable. Like some of those Karaz or Mazu runs, right, Mitch? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's, that's, I think, I think, I just don't like the Titans, dude. Just no, I got off. you. I got you, apart from Fafita, of course, who's just. Yeah, well, well, Fafita, I think, could, could succeed on any team, Dragons included. True. And uh, Tino, last three, 70 plus. Actually, I'm going to retract that. Fafita can't because we saw what he was like without, with uh, Sexton last year. I'm going to retract that for the listeners. That's true. Though I, I, I think Foran's shown him how to play a little bit better. So true, true, year. true, but good ball is good ball. That's true. Um, and Tino, 
Tino, I think, would score well on any team. He's just one of those effort players, but obviously yep. after Origin. Uh, and, you know, if you want Fafita, I'm not sure you want Fafita and Tino at the same time. That feels a bit risky to me if they both have a shocker. Uh, I think that's just about it, guys. Uh, who do you have winning this one, Mitch? Raiders or Titans? Oh, I've got to go Raiders. I'll go the Raiders by a bunch. Uh, 18. Yeah. I, th- I reckon it'd be close. I reckon it'd be the Raiders by six. Let's move on to the next game. Mitch, Cowboys versus Tigers. What's happening with the Cowboys? Yeah, so the Cowboys are on a bit of a tear at the moment. So they're 1-17 side that upset the Rabbitohs, but uh, with the exception of Jason Taumalolo has been named. Obviously, Taumalolo is sitting there in eighth. Man, Reese Robson has been named, but will be monitored after a hamstring strain during South's game. Oh, I feel like he might be a late withdrawal, which will suck for me. Um, the Tigers are shaking things up with Dane Laurie moving to 5'8" his first game since round four. Stafford Toa moves back into the centers and as Super Kapoa goes to the bench alongside Fanua Pole, whose starting spot has been taken by Stefano Udukumanu for origin duties. Uh, I might start this one off, Stu. So Scott Drinkwater, uh, I've got you to thank for this one, Stu. You sort of signaled that he might be worth a buy and I sort of pushed back hard saying the Cowboys hadn't shown us anything. Since that time, the show, Cowboys have shown us a lot and Drinkwater's been the beneficiary of it at... Um, you know, last round he had 77 points, but in the lead up to that, he's been pretty handy as well and sort of passed the eye test. In fact, for the season, he's now up 43K. So yeah. just after just dropping, what, 200 early? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, his last four, his last five games go 57, 75, 49, 57, 77. So he's in proper keeper territory at the moment. And I just feel like, and I think you said it, Stu, around that time is that the Cowboys had forgotten that to get these results, there needs to be a bit of effort behind it. And as a result of that, you can clearly see in that game against the South, they're really up for that. And that extra time that the Cowboys forward pack seems to be buying drink water is um, allowing Tim to be a huge beneficiary of it. And I think he's one of the more obvious keeper fullbacks in the league. He certainly is. And I I watched that game real hard. The... uh you know, we were in between our dance concerts at the time. So I had a, I was sweating in the line to hop into the next to my daughter's dance concerts, sort of watching off the phone. And they look so much better with him on those attacking sets, sort of being sort of the second playmaker. Cause it looks like Tommy Deedon's had his kicking license put away, Mitch. Yeah. He's kind of playing like a Caelan Ponga role, uh, drink water, but probably more of a half edge to it. But it's sort of, they want the best of both worlds. They want him running the ball back and fullback and controlling the defense. And then, uh, having that attacking role. Actually, the better likeness, Stu, is when Cam Munster plays fullback. That's sort of what we're yes. seeing there. And um, we're seeing big scores from it. I like it. And, and I'm very grateful that you told him to pick, told me to pick him up because, as I said, I picked him up at uh, that, that Tigers game. So I've, I've, I've eaten pretty well since then. <laughs> That's it. Uh, look, guy that we talked about is a guy we really want in centers because he's eating very well, Val Holmes. Well, he's eating well because Drinkwater likes to run down that side. So mm. he's getting plenty of love out there. And uh, I picked up Val Holmes about a week after I saw how well the Cowboys were playing because I figured this would happen. And Holmes has been good all year. I think, again, he's just been a victim of the Cowboys struggling a little bit. So I think Holmes is probably the best keeper center outside of Joey Marner, who I don't think is the best anymore with the Rooster struggling and him not playing 5-8. So I'd put Holmes right up there as, as you know, top of the Christmas wish list, right? Yeah, that's true. So with the exception, well, hang on. I need to quantify, qualify that for those not playing, for those playing head to head. If you're, if you're um, 
playing overall, you'll have to eat two buy rounds, which sucks. Yes, that is that is the only point from here. Like I'm like, oh geez, I want to get him in, right? You know, looking at this, yeah. it's 19. He was always going to miss 19, but they've got the Cowboys have the buy and 24, which is pretty. Uh, that's certainly in the middle of the final season, right? It is. So I guess if you pick him up, just be aware of what you're going to have to wear to keep a trade up your sleeve to at least put another center in for the week, right? Yeah, There's well, Jed Cartwright, he, he, God, oh God. Anyway, uh, okay. Uh, how about Jeremiah Nanai? I, I was doing a bit of search for him, uh, like search through the squads. Fifty-eight points, Mitch. Look, we know he can score big points, and he's got a year under his his belt. Probably the big thing for Nanai this year is he's been struggling with injury, and he was a victim again of the Cowboys struggling early in the season. But when the Cowboys are rolling, so is Nanai. And uh, in his first game back in and over well, three weeks exactly, uh, he looked really good. And 58 points without a try, That's I like that. 24 tackles, five tackle busts. He looked to be sort of closer to that form we saw in uh, 2022. I know sort of between round uh, 7 to 14, his scores were 32, 19, 20, and 38. But I thought he passed the eye test, mate. I just see that and go, oh, if he, again, probably the big thing is, I mean, if you're looking for a nice little cash down option, that's not a bad one. Um, but you're just eating those buys. Um, that's the only reason, like, it, honestly, I think he's almost wheels up if, if they don't have, if they only have one buy coming in. That's true. All right. So maybe hold off a little bit there. Now, Reese Robson, a few people have held him, obviously, because he played round 16. But Mitch... Uh, came off last week with hamstring soreness. Name this week. I don't love that. No. Look, I, I, I think a lot of that is just the minutes played and realistically nobody expected him to have to play the 80 minutes in origin. I certainly don't think he was ready for that and then he's had to play and back up and, and do it all again uh, for the Cowboys on Sunday. I tell you what, if I was involved in the medical staff, knowing how good a player is and how deadly those types of uh sensations of tightness like these guys when they come off with tightness they mean tightness um i would not be surprised if he was a late withdrawal the only issue would be um where the cowboys are on the ladder and the fact that they are going to hurt from origin so yes they they have to win from here they basically have to win yeah, most games their 10th yeah they have to so they'll play if they have to but i i would think that his role might be reduced and he will suffer from that Gotcha. I was just looking at his scores um, just as we were chatting away here, and it, he has been quite good. Like, you know, he's he's had a few bad weeks, but, he, you know, Sharks from round nine, he's gone 51, 53, 45, 38, 71, 55. The only, that's the only bad game outside of that Tigers one that he's had was the Rabbitohs game, and it was off the back of origin. I think I'm not going to panic here. Um I'm looking to eventually flick him over to Harry Grant and I'd probably go maybe to, to Cookie or something like that, but I feel like both Robson and Cookie could get picked for Origin again and, you know, there's no one obvious to go to at that point. No, that's it. Hook is a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment. Uh, as we talked about, the other option, Tanner Boyd, put out a 34. Yeah, well, that's it. And you, and you can't roll around with one centre with the buyers and the HIA. So as much as I'd like to move off him because I think that is the right play, because Grant has to play Origin uh, and Cook could well play Origin, I think we basically have to wait till 
around 19. Yeah, get him in round 20. Because Cook's now at 719k. He's down 226k. That's it. All right, let's keep an eye out there. Uh, let's move to the Tiger side of the world. Uh, let's start with the guys who are easy buys. Isaiah Papali, back on the right, looking amazing. Uh, 712k, keep it potential. Not even keep it potential. It's just to keep it. Go out and buy him. Uh, finish with buyers for the season. We'll play the next 10 games. Uh, let's talk about the next guy, Sean Law, named on an edge this week with Bateman named 13, coming off a 77 Mitch. So here's the other wow. option. You don't like Nanai, right, at this price. So Sean Bloor, and I didn't have his price up the other day because I was missing it. Let's go and find his price here. Bloor. Uh, 479K, so very similar, right, a 483 to Nanai. Uh He's coming off an absolutely huge last game where it plays big minutes, unlikely to be benched. Any interest there, Mitch? Uh, no. No in, interest even there. Even with a 77 against the Storm? Yes, because he's found his way into the naughty books before. Yeah, that's true. He, he might might find it there, but it looks like they're going to persist with Bateman at 13. So Pole, who you know has been the 13 for a large part of this year, is at the bench this week. That's the only good thing. I just think because the Tigers are going to continue to struggle, they'll keep mucking around with things. The only two players we know are going to get big minutes there are Papa Lee and Bateman. That's true. So Bl- Bl- has a lot of risk. Fair enough. Well, look, let's talk about Bateman coming off his lowest score since round 11 with a 53. Uh, that's his lowest score since round 11, guys. So get on. Uh, probably just after IPappy because IPappy, as we know, just has a little bit more... Uh, volatility, but that means upside as well. And we'll get a few more minutes because Bateman probably won't play 80 every week in the middle. Uh, only good thing about Bateman, which I'm really interested in, he could get dual round 20. So that would be very exciting for me. Anyway, uh, look, let's talk about Jareen Buller. Uh, last week showed us that 36 from a fullback isn't, isn't too bad. So <laughs> when he played round uh, 16. So we'll play all games for the rest of the season. Hard to find other suitable options. So for me, Buller is definitely a hold. Because I'm not sure who is a keeper at this point anymore, Mitch. I think Nick is back next week. Is going to start talking us through the keepers, right? I hope so, because it's difficult to know. But I mean, you know, watch the games. It's pretty obvious who's playing well and who's not. Don't panic over the scores. Just try and look through, trust your process and understand that, you know, some players like James Tedesco have bad weeks, but it's just because he's on a bad team. He's not a bad player. That's it. Well, yeah, and I guess what I'm trying to point out here is that Buller's bad game still resulted in 36, so that's pretty good. Yep. Now, yep. now, if you still have Tommy Talao, oh, I don't know what to say to you. but There's guys, no way anyone on this podcast is who's listening has Tommy Talao. Well, well look, he's still the second most owned Tiger. Uh, he's still a hard what? sell. Uh, go check it out. But he's still a hard sell at mainly all the Tigers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whichever club he sells, so just sell him. Go get some cheapy this week. Um, and Jake Simpkins, so still a good buy. Four to six weeks on Appy, but he will be bleed minutes to De Silva, who did play last week. Now, De Silva isn't a buy. He played almost 40 minutes for 16 points. Brand new, 18 years old, or 18 or 19, and he just hasn't quite got the size. He's got the speed, but hasn't quite got the size he really want for uh, NRL. So I would say here uh, Simkin is still a buy because he's still under 300K and he's still in 50-odd minutes, pushed out 50 points because he's very active. So great 
option this week if you do need to trade a guy like Talad, just go get Simpkin. You've got a few more weeks left. Now, that's pretty much the end of everyone that we want there. Uh, apologies to everyone who owns Stafford Toa because he's been benched, uh, which is not all right. Uh, sorry, not benched. He's been moved back to center. And we know that he scored 100 at center, but it's, yeah, I feel like that was a one off game. Now, Mitch, who do you reckon is going to win this one? I got the Cowboys by 18. I think the Tigers are going to continue to struggle to score points. Um, no, Appy Corusau hurts. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of showed against the storm, right? Like they're just missing yeah. a little bit there. So, yeah, look, I, I think you're pretty close on. Yep, I've got the Cowboys by 20 or so, especially at home in North Queensland. And it's an ugly time to be playing up there too because it'll still be muggy this time of year. Yep. All right. We get to Saturday. Broncos are still playing on a Saturday. They're actually playing at the Gabba because I believe that Suncorp has been reserved for the Women's World Cup, Mitch. So, oh, yeah. uh, so we've got the Broncos versus the Dolphins who are on a massive slide. So, look, uh, I'm just going to quickly check in on Reese Walsh, see how we're going here. Uh, 909, they're adjourned. So let's get back to it. So, look, Reese Walsh is sweating over whether he can play literally as we speak. Uh, if suspended, Tristan Saylor will play. Uh, Tom Flegler and Jordan Ricky both picked up foot injuries against the Titans, which has seen Keenan Palacea and Xavier Willison named in the starting side for the Dolphins. Uh, if you bought any, I oh know it's hard at the Dolphins at the moment. During Marshall King is back. Last week's debutant Harrison Graham is gone. Braden McGrady made his NRL debut last week and scored, but he's been replaced by Tessie New. Uh, Cody Nicarima shifts to the bench with Sean O'Sullivan back at halfback. So, guys, look, Wayne Bennett does not give a damn about your squad. So, does not care about fantasy. And I think he's just he's doing what the Tigers are doing, right, Mitch? Yep, exactly right. Just cycling through guys for consistency. Trying to figure out who's working, who's not. He's looking at 2024, mate. Yeah, so I think... I think it's one of those ones we know at least they're not going to win it this year and the depth has been tested. So he's just giving everyone a bit of a chance in the first grade squad. Uh, let's have a look at a couple of the guys. So Valence Tawari, 43, a week-to-week prospect, has been pinged about his defense, but it's only missed one tackle since then. So since being pinged by publicly by the coach, cheap price, 343K, an option for round 19. But obviously Wayne Branko Lee must have some blackmail on Wayne Bennett because he just keeps on getting picked. So uh, I'd say for <laughs> Tawari, pick him up. Or he really doesn't want to pick Tawari because he's a poor tackler. He's a poor tackler. He's overweight. He's, I think I think that's poor it, lateral right? movement. He, he has a few X's in Wayne's uh, box. I actually think Branko Lee is proper busted in his ankle and, and Wayne's just flat out being forced to pick uh, Tavare, I think Tavare is not really a Bennett player, and uh, if he can't get his stuff sorted in the off season, they'll, they'll look to bring someone else in. That's it. Yeah, that certainly sounds correct. Uh, look, Jermaine Asako. So he's one of the few guys who's of interest here. So fifty-one. He's going well with a good base in a team that has been absolutely trounced in the last few weeks. Like they've just had their season turned upside down. So I'd say that Jermaine Asako is probably along with Hammer the last two Dolphins that you could probably try and trust. So he's not the worst pickup in my books, simply due to the fact that it's such a trash fire, but he is at 691K. Whoa. So I just feel like there are better options out there. I'd go pick up 
Hammer for what 150 grand cheaper or Dylan Edwards for 150 grand cheaper, right, Mitch? Yeah, exactly right. And I actually think they're better. 50 grand cheaper for Dylan Edwards, but still. Even even so, Dylan Edwards is is on a much better team and is a much better player. That's it. Uh, Look, let's go through the other guys here. There's not too many guys left. Uh, Obviously, if you own Nikarima, Cody Nikarima, back on the bench, Mitch, you'd be worried, right? I think Wayne's just going to continue to muck around with with his Haas pairings. And that's why I sold Isaiah Katoa to Buddy Sullivan because we know Sullivan's the future of St. George, so they have to play him. That's true. All right. Well, look, uh, guys, you know, don't want to mess up too much, but uh, with Rahab uh, picked for the Bulldogs, you know, there are exits here for Cody Nikarima all over the place for those middle-priced guys. You can take a punt on some of these younger halves, or if you have got can pick anyone, you can even pick up a guy like Sean Bloor if you've got a bit of risk. Uh, left in your tank. Uh, on the other side, guys, Payne Haas, 51, did well with reduced minutes, targeted late. So he's, yeah, I think Mitch has already said, look, he's probably the best forward this year. A guy who's been pushing at some pretty good scores lately, Mitch, up to 800K, Paddy Carrigan, 64. He's looked really good. He's looked very, very, very good. The only reason I haven't picked him up just yet is because of Origin, but uh, as soon as we get through that period, I might look to grab him for the finals run. Yeah. Are, are we worried that they're redlining Paddy? Like he's playing big minutes in Origin. He's then coming and backing up doing big minutes the weeks after. He has a pretty good engine on him, but yes, there is that risk. Mm. I wouldn't be playing him these minutes right now, particularly when I'd be running first just because I wouldn't mind redlining him if I was the Broncos, uh, maybe from round 20 to 24, and then I'd back off with three rounds to go. They might be redlining him to hope that they can give him a few weeks off at the back end of the season. That that might be what they're trying to do, is pick up the wins now, but I don't know. Gotcha. It's a, it's a fair point. It's a yeah, really good uh, point. Maybe they're trying to keep that top four spot because the – like I'm just having a look here. He does have – he'll play Origin 19 during the bye, and then he's got the bye round 25, so maybe they're trying to – they're thinking they can give him a rest then. All right, uh, that's pretty much it there. Uh, I've I've had a look at the center options. The answer is is the answer is never Katoni Stags anymore. Herbie Farmworth has come under the radar. He's actually one of the most expensive centers in the game now. Six hundred and sixty odd k has been playing really well, Mitch. Like just showing what he'll produce for the Dolphins next year. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I think, yeah, you know they got a good one there. That's it. Uh, the other one that we really got to talk about really quickly because he's come through this week with those foot injuries is uh, Brendan Piakura. So I didn't have him written down, but of course, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, of course, we've got to talk about him. So yeah. came off a 31 last week, played, I'm just pulling him up now, played 80 minutes, uh, did miss five tackles. So it would have been a 41. So that's actually a much more encouraging score. And to be honest with you, the... The Broncos weren't looking very good. But with the news that Jordan Ricky is out for probably the rest of the regular season, Mitch, would you pick up a guy like Brendan Piakura, 280k edge forward? I think you're pretty well guaranteed that Ricky won't be back for at least the next six weeks. So I don't hate it. Easy. So look, real cheap, cashy option this week. Looks like him can push out a 40 score, which is pretty good sitting on your bench or in your reserves. Might be a nice little exit from Fainu, who is still not listed to play. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah, still not listed to play. Good. 
Yeah, that is actually a really good exit from Fainu. All yeah, right. I might, I might do just that, actually. Awesome. And look, Reese Walsh now comes off a seven, Mitch, and possibly suspended. What would you do if he is picked or if he isn't? If, if he's uh, picked. Oh, gosh. Well, he's going to be out for about a month. So you have to, you have to move sideways. That's way too long for him to not play perhaps so reese walsh stew is he's got to be in the 700s doesn't he 641 oh you just go grab dylan edwards that's an easy that's an easy swap nice i like it because he'll he'll play the rest of the season out yep. obviously uh and in fact it's for as long as you have 1k it's 1k difference because walsh got the bed and had seven points <laughs> as long as you have an extra k in the back the bank there you can get dylan edwards i like it all right. Obviously, if he isn't charged, then, you know, he'll just only miss, what, 19 and 25. All right. In the Battle of Brisbane, Mitch, who have you got winning? Uh, mate, I am going to go... Oh, the Broncos have to bounce back and the Dolphins looked really bad. Mm. Um, let's go Broncos by four. It's a bit like what we said last week with the Titans. I did say that was a read game and I think you I had did. Broncos by four. But I did flag that that could go either way. Right, these Queensland games are weird. Let's go Broncos by four. They are often weird. That's it. Look, I still think the Dolphins still haven't quite worked out how to play yet. No. I think Sean O'Sullivan will probably need to come back in a little bit. And I think that they've redlined their forwards a bit too long. That's that's what I was going to say, but you'd already said it. Yeah, they're cooked. Oh, the, 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 the Dolphins ones I was saying as well. They're- oh, that's I mean, the Dolphins forwards are cooked. They 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 can't they can't keep up that pace. And you look at those those forwards; they're just too old to be playing those minutes. You can't be rolling with the Bromwich brothers, Ray Stone. I mean, Jesus! They brought up Josh Kerr from St George, who's been bloody awful this year. They're getting desperate. That's it. So I'd I'd say here I'd say that the Bronx is probably going to win by twenty. I think they'll be pretty desperate to try and uh, try and keep in that first spot because I I get a feeling that. Uh, they really do not want that late season slide like last year because you know one year could happen to anyone right mitch two years that's uh that's worrying for kevy yeah that's a trend but heck they're not last so poor kevy you know like gosh they were they were bloody abysmal the years before him and before they had adam reynolds so yeah i i cut him a bit of slack but you're right it's it's not particularly good and they're redlining their forwards again (laughs) They are. That's the concern. Look, Payne Haas should go well this week. He'd be a decent VC, uh, especially against the Dolphins who like to play through the middle. So I reckon he'll play big minutes because they'll have 10 days off until the next Origin. Uh, 11, playing on Saturday. Uh, next one, Sunday. Uh, we get to the Sunday games, Mitch. Bulldogs versus Knights. This will be an interesting game. The Bulldogs have shaken up their Haas again with young gun Khaled Rajab earning his first start in plus place of 5'8", Carl Opelopo. Max King has come into the front row for Chris Patola and Harrison Edwards' concussion returns on the bench. Jackson Topini comes into the bench for Corey Waddell while Raymond Fatalamarana has been named in the reserves. For the Knights, Gagai's out with uh, that plantar fascia injury we talked about and he's to be replaced by Anari Tuala. Lachlan, Lachlan Fitzgibbon concussion. Um... Is out as Dylan no, Lucas. In. Oh, sorry, he's back in. Sorry, rather as Dylan Lucas makes way. So, I'll quickly start us off. Matt Burton, seventy points last game. Uh, outside of Jacob Preston, who the other one I have is, they're probably the only two players on this Bulldogs team you can own. Burton, we know, is going to be drinking the entire milkshake. Probably the big thing for Burton is to just have a quick look at his uh, run home. 
So I'm going to do that right now. But he's been consistent through the entire season. They run home. They've got uh, the Knights, the Rabbits, the Broncos. Oh, God, that's not great. Uh, the Dolphins, that's not too bad. Then the Knights again, Raiders, Seagulls, and Titans. So, look, it is a little bit up and down, but we know Burton's been fairly consistent throughout the entirety of the season. I don't know if he's a bias to you. I'd probably grab Cameron Munster, Munster over Matt yeah, and Over Matt Burton, they're exactly the same price. In fact, Munster's 2K cheaper, and he's a better player on a better team. Uh, if he doesn't have, have Burton, the basic you... kicking goals, that's the only difference. Yeah, but Munster, Munster at the end of season, and he looks good, and he hasn't redlined through Origin this year. I think Melbourne will try, will try and make a bit of a push for a top two spot here. I, I like it, whereas the dogs are done. Uh, yeah, if you have right. Burton, you can keep him, but there are better people out there. I, I'm all over Cameron Munster at the moment. I'm looking to maybe move on from Reynolds to, to grab Munster. That's a good plan there because uh, yeah, could do that round 19, round 20, or even this That's week. That's what I'm looking to Well, I could do it this week. Because um, they both missed round 19 anyway because uh, that's right. Luke's had the that's right. And uh, oh, Sorry, Broncos had the bye. The, the, the only issue is Reynolds playing the Dolphins and Munster is playing Panthers. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> a little bit of a difference. We might, we might wait one more week. And and the break-in for, for Munster's uh, pretty, pretty 55. okay. Yep. Uh, Jacob Preston, 49. He's been solid all year. Look, he, he's borderline keeper territory at the moment, Stu, unless you mm. can upgrade to a Bateman, a Papa Lee, or a Hopgood. If you can't, there's no one better to go sideways to at the moment, and he is going to be playing minutes. This dog's team is beaten up. Uh, so I, I don't see any reason to move on from here at the moment. I did, but I actually regret it. You know, I moved across to... Uh, actually, no, I don't. I moved across to Papali. That's been a bit better for me. But, um, you know, Preston's going to be a good player. He's That's... probably going to end up rookie of the year, in fact. Yep, and he's been playing He's playing well outside of Burton. He's getting all the ball. So yep. uh, we'll... I'd still, if I was a press and holder still, I'd probably look on to move around round 20, round 21 uh, over to David Feeder because Kikau if is you due back. If you 150k cash. Yeah, that's true. But Kikau will be, is due back in that time If frame. they play him. I reckon they'll play him, mate, because they've got to get the team playing together somewhat before the next year. They can't go through next year trying to, with the team learning how to play with each other. I reckon they'll that, the last five point. years as a, essentially opposed training ones. Yeah. The Bulldogs, if they were smart, build up for next year. 20, 2019 Panther style. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Excellent. Uh, look, Gagai uh, stifled, did, but did okay for his 31, obviously out until round 20 uh, at best and won't be peak Gagai. So you can sell him, you can hold Obviously, you will miss at least a minimum two games with Gagai if you do hold a pretty gross situation to be in. You can always trade out there, but just make sure that you're getting those extra games in because even non-peak Gagai will still beat a lot of these other center options who can push out 20. Like, you know, Raymond, we know, can push out a 17 or a 20 any week. You don't know. Uh, Frizzell, 57, so he's going well. I would wait until round 20 till he plays Origin 3 and just make sure that he comes back okay. Got a, He's playing really well for his... He seems to have rediscovered that form, right, Mitch? Yeah. He, well, he's looked good since you. Uh, we sort of suggested to pick him up earlier in the season. Uh, the only bad thing is he played bloody Origin. Yeah, played too well. Uh, look, Phoenix Crossland is now a sell. 
Adam Elliott's uh, another big minute game, which we really wanted to see, Mitch. So another 60-plus minute game, but was stifled by the Panthers for his mid-30s score, but will be encouraging late. Look, I'm not sure how much we need for like high 400K middles, I'll be honest with you. It's the only downside there for him. He's probably left that run a little bit late. I'm actually hoping he keeps it down. We can look to pick him up next season when he's fully fit. Uh, yeah, I I can't see a scenario where Adam Elliott is the answer to my problems, right, Mitch? No, there are so many better options, and he's just an enormous risk of having some type of injury moving forward. Excellent. Uh, look, Kalen Pong is coming off the 17, but he's still a... Look, don't touch him. He, he passes the eye test. Uh, he'll eventually get concussed, but keep him while he's going well. That's it. And, like, again, was against the Panthers last week, just a tough side. Yep. To come up against for it's a, a bit of, of a graveyard for anyone with attacking stats, right? That's, That's why I'm it. not picking up Munster. <laughs> it's uh, the only guys that score well this year. Guys like Paddy Carrigan picked up the 99 due to the fact that he made a million tackles yep. in that in that mid-season game, which they lost. Uh, I think yeah, and I think Jack DeBellin ate pretty well against them as well. Exact exact same. Before he got knocked out, he sure did. Yep. Oh. <laughs> got a real unlucky. Uh, all right, next game. So we've got uh, Sunday, second of July. See. You. Seagulls versus Roosters. Oh, wait. We've got to talk about who's going to win this that last game. Bulldogs versus Knights. Who have you got, Mitch? Oh, Bulldogs look terrible, mate. And I think Knights have looked pretty good. I've got Knights by 12. Mate, I'm agreeing with you too much tonight. So I'm going to say uh, Bulldogs by two. Uh, man of the match, Matty Burton. Uh, oh, do you want to do a sandwich uh, for the straight win? No, I don't. <laughs> like, you just I, don't I, agree with you, prick. I, I, no, I, the answer is to say I, I, I don't want to owe you any sandwiches because I can't see the Bulldogs do very well here, mate. They, they have had a shocking season. I just didn't want to agree they with you too much. They look awful. They look awful. Yeah, they do. Look, here's one that you also don't want a better sandwich on because who knows? Seagulls versus oh, Roosters. Flip of a coin. Exactly. 12th versus 13th. I'm going to say golden point because I have no idea. Uh, Jake Travojevic is back, so the Seagulls should stiffen up a bit. Uh, Jason Saab is back. Kelmatur Lug is back. Ben Travojevic is back on the bench. Brad Parker is back off an elbow injury. Uh, a whole bunch of players make way, none of which we're really surprised by, apart from maybe Sean Kepi and Carl Lawton. So uh, they've all been cut. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Carl Lawton, Mitch, it may be that shoulder instability. So Because yeah. he had that sublex earlier in the year that he's come back from it, but I don't reckon he's looked right since... No, I would agree with that. Excellent. Uh, and look for the Roosters real quickly. Joey Soali'i is back from suspension. Fletcher, Fletcher Baker is back from concussion. But Angus Crichton is out with his knee. Egan Butcher is out with a concussion. Satili Tupania is out with his neck. Nathan Brown moves into 13. I believe that it is, yeah, Victor Radley moves to an edge. Interesting place to have him. He'll, he's probably got the foot speed out there. Uh now Fahu White uh, also moves to the edge. And a guy, C.O. Wong, makes his NRL debut off the bench. He's an edge. Jake Turpin will be monitored. But I'm looking at this bench here. Really, it's Drew, Drew Hutchinson or Bust. There's still no sign of... Um, oh, who did his leg early in the season uh, for them? Move from the Knights. Utility. Connor Watson. Still oh, no sign that of- was a big... Well, that was a big out. He did his patella tendon, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a potential career killer. Well, it's funny he's been doing a lot of ABC radio. 
I listen to a lot of games on the radio on the weekend. He, he might come back, but that I, I, I cannot tell you how bad an injury that is. Um, I'd pretty much rather do anything else other than something, you know, involving my spine where I'm a quadriplegic or a paraplegic. Like, that's how bad a quad tendon is. It is really bad. <laughs> oh, really? Like, like, like in, in your foot? That's... Uh, no, in the knee. Like, oh, I'd, okay. like, as in the quad tendon is, is worse than anything else. Worse than the ACL? Yes, definitely. Wow. Okay. Have you seen the Tom Cross protocol? We're, we're, we're starting to do ACLs without surgery now. The, oh, the quad tendon, you've got to have surgery. It's gross. It's so bad. Now, that, see, see, this is why you have you on, Mitch. I have no idea. I would just hear that. I'm like, oh, sounds gross, but who knows, right? But- oh, it's like, yeah. The, it's just so darn important, and it's such a thick um, piece of tissue that if you manage to do it, it's, it's super hard to come back from. He, he, he might. It's not as bad as Pappenhausen, who... You know, it gets closer and closer that my prediction of him not playing this year is going to come to fruition. Well, yeah, why would you mess with the team that's coming third, right? I don't think he could play Nick, beat Nick Meany out. There you go. Not a, not this year, not without a preseason. No. All right, uh, let's move on. So we've got to talk about some guys real big. Uh, quick, so Ruben Garrick is at 670K. He, he scored very well for his uh, by 60-68. The issue with Ruben Garrick is that he's priced near his long-term average at fullback, Mitch. So, like, I'm just having a look here. 671K does have that base in goal kicking, right? Priced at 47. He's been averaging 47 long-term. Safe, though, relatively, like at fullback. And we know that he has an absolute stunner game in him if you let him get away. Any interest to you? Yeah, I think he's one of the better fullbacks in the game. Probably my only... Point of concern is where the Eagles are placed, but we actually know that Ruben Garrett can score points when the Eagles aren't playing particularly well. So, of that difficulty in the position, we know Ruben Garrick is a proven commodity. The only problem is like he, he's his price has come right back up. He's back up to 671k. A number of weeks ago, he was down into the 500s. I think he got to yeah, at one point almost I'm flat just, 500. Yeah, it was. Gross. Yeah, I know Emma got him at that point, which was. Uh, Pretty good um, for her team, but round start uh, price round eleven versus the Sharks. Jeez, I wish I got on four hundred and ninety one k. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm not kidding. She got him. That's the week I told her to because she wants to make that bloody hot boys team. I told her it's time to get on to to, <laughs> to Garrick, and and she's laughing at the moment. I think. Look, he's not a bad option, but I would say. Again, Dylan Edwards is probably a better pickup. Uh, he's going to play all the games for the rest of the season. He plays for the Bloody Panthers. Um, and there was another one you said earlier who I thought was better. Scotty Drinkwater. Well. Oh, Scotty Drinkwater, definitely. Uh, again, he's on a team on the rise. But Rumi Garrick, we know he can he can score points, but he is a little bit more risky knowing that the Eagles don't have it together as well as the two teams I just mentioned there. And, and he's pretty well priced out. Yeah, that's the thing. Just know what you're buying. You're not going to make money. You just got to, you would have to yeah, park but, him long term. And that's fine. Yep. That's it. I, I'll be honest with you. I wish I got him. I didn't. Uh, I regret it, but it is what it is. I think I'm just going to have to accept the fact that some things have slipped by me. Uh, if I want to pick up some of these origin studs postseason, otherwise I'm going to be left with like the second best team, like, you know, the best round 18 team being the second best round 23 team. Lose my head-to-heads and overall. Not great. Uh, Not for you. No. I'll make, I'll, <laughs> if I lose both, you know, if I, you know, I don't mind coming first out of everyone I know and then 
losing a couple of head-to-heads, but if if you come fifth out of everyone and then you freaking lose all your head-to-heads, you're a bit sad. Yeah, I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll have both those come to fruition, mate. I think you'll be okay on one of those fronts. Maybe. Uh, look, Hamoli Olakwatu. If you guys were on him keen last week, I know that Adam and Nick picked him up, and basically on the stat that Olakwatu performs so much better with Tommy Turbo not there, gets more of the ball, pushed out a, I believe um, from memory here, a fifty-nine. So I reckon he's a pretty good buy. As well, if you 600k, which means that he's a full uh, 56 points, but he's a full hundred and what 10,000 less than an iPappy Mitch. Like, if you didn't have quite the money to reach there, would he be worth a shout? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the better players in the NRL. We know he has no chill. The yeah, no, I, I thought what they saw was really interesting. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but. One week in, they're looking like they might be right. I think we have the luxury, possibly, Stu, of waiting one more week to see how correct they are, and then he's got the buy thereafter. Uh, because yeah, I think even at 41, he can't go ballistic this week. That's what I mean. Like, even if he gets out to 630, I still think I'm getting him at a pretty good price. And we, they do have the buy the week after next, don't they? They do. So, yep, you can so wait. Maybe, maybe watch this week and then look to get in the following week because. Uh, Adam and Nick might have found something there, particularly against the Melbourne Storm, though that is a bit of a grudge match. Like, I know a lot of those forwards would have gotten right up for that game. That's it. Now, Mitch, a couple of hard questions for you. Teddy, got a 20, playing Origin, you know, slowly, even the newspapers, like, and I know that the newspapers aren't the be-all and end-all, but once they start their rumbling, you're really talking about, geez, Joe Marnie ran for 300 metres. You know, geez, Joe Marnie, you know, looked the best player on the field, and he did. He did, he did, he did. Look, there are a few things I'd say about that. James Tedesco is still one of the best fullbacks in the league and having a slightly below average performance will only motivate him further. The second thing I'd say is Teddy can play fullback, Manu can play 5'8", centre and fullback. It would make sense to me, Stu, if Manu just played a roving centre role like uh, Tommy Trevojevic did for the Blues. And I think I said that last week on the podcast. And, and he did play a little and bit he more did, of that. And he, and he did do that. So why would you muck with that? Because Manu is such a great defender in the line. And I think that's shown moving him back to centres. They looked a lot better there. Uh, and there's just he's the leader of this team. So there's no way you move to Desco because there's nowhere to put him. And Manu can play anyway. It's just silly. Now, if you own him, I think this sort of talk will only motivate Tedesco further. I think I'll probably stay away from Tedesco next year. I think this is the last year that he's a true fantasy performer. But if you have him, stick it out. I know he plays Origin, but, you know, I think keep at him. If you don't own him, though, I think there are so many better options. I would go Ruben Garrick. I would go Dylan Edwards. Uh, I would go Scott Drinkwater. I would even go Kalen Ponga over James Tedesco just because of the um, price. So if you own him, I think you've got to keep him. If you don't, uh, I would uh, I, I would stay away. Excellent. And now a few of us were concerned uh, with Joe Manu going back to centre, but he did punch out a pretty good score. It's funny, he had 39 minutes, he had three runs, right? And then he scored that try. Well, I think he scored a he scored a double, didn't he? Uh, in the end, he scored two tries. Yeah, but he as, did. I as, as this in game. for the first half, like as in like he the first half he was real like you know nothing he just doing. goes missing, and I think that's actually not so much on him as it is the ability for his halves to get the ball to him. Uh, in Kiri and Sandon Smith, no one really seems to be running that team around. Gee, they missed Cooper Cronk. Um, <laughs> 
No, they do. So, no, like, I, th- I really think that um, the coach has to get into his ear and say, Manu, just, you know, in defense, you play uh, sort of that center role. And then in attack, just pretend you're a fullback and and run out there with Teddy and just terrorize the middle. Now, the only issue with that is the, the forwards for the Roosters aren't what they were of yesteryear either, and that space isn't being created. But just the presence of those two guys in the middle is a little bit scary. That's true if you have them... You know, both sort of sending deep either side of the ruck would cause yep. a bit of concern. It would. So that that's what I would say there. Uh, I still think he's one of the top two or three centres in fantasy. If you have him, you keep him. And I think if you don't have him, you still aim to get him because he doesn't play origin. And he found a way to score 59 points in a Rooster team that looked pretty bloody awful. Yeah, he, uh, he was in originally really got bad. close. That's right. Uh, otherwise, it was pretty comprehensive for the Raiders. I mean, a bit of a revenge for the 2019 loss. They they, they did that that easy. So I would personally stick with him. Uh, Jakey Turpin, we talked about him before. I'd expect to see a drop in both tackles and meters run. So maybe, you know, a 5 to 10 point drop in here, what we normally see for him. And I'm just looking at the bench. Is there anyone who can come in there for him? Yeah, so Drew Hutchinson could come in for Jake Turpin, which I would expect to see that maybe at that 55 or 60-minute mark. So just keep an eye on that. That's it. But look, we always knew that Cheese was due back around round 20. So uh, So it's it's, probably approaching sell territory, isn't it? uh, Yeah, I think you take this week because I think his break-even is still low. If from memory here, it's around 20. So I'm just pulling it up now. It is he's somewhere in my squad, I swear. 16. There we go. So uh, Jakey Turpin, I'd say, wait, hold out the week and look to move round 19 or probably round 20. Yep. So as an upgrade, I like it. Uh, okay, let's, let's keep on moving on. Uh, Mitch, who do you think is going to win this one? I got Eagles by four simply with the home field advantage. Nice. Uh, and look, I'll go the wrists by four just to say something different. But yeah, it is an absolute coin toss. It's probably golden point. Or one side's going to flip out the other by 40. Like, they're just, there have been some soft games by both of these squads this year. You just don't know which team's going to turn up, right? Yeah, I think, I think Trent Robinson can't wait to get to the uh, uh, offseason. I actually had a patient uh, last week tell me that they wanted Trent Robinson's head. And I, I gave them the, usually I'm pretty politically correct, but I gave him the, the hard word and said, what are you going on about, mate? Like, They've had one of the most successful 10-year periods of any NRL team ever, and they're having a bit of a down year. But they kind of – here's the thing. But remember, they've had a couple of down years in there where they've had really down years. If you remember, twenty is it 2020, they sort of went off the rails. uh, Yes, they did a little bit. Once they lost – the loss of Cronk really hurt As well, uh, beforehand, yeah, obviously. But for those couple of wins, they basically had one of those all-time teams, right, plus they – bought their way to it, you know, Sonny Bill Williams, Cooper Cronk, Tedesco, right? So they kind of manufactured a, a squad. But outside of that, like, you know, I don't know whether it's his management or the team's management, but this series of... I think run- this makes a lot of calls in yeah. the back there. Yeah, but like the series of injuries, right? And the series of like poor performances, the fact that they... You know, they were straight set it out last year too. Like, you'd, you'd start to be concerned at some point, wouldn't you? Like, like apparently they're talking about clean out 12 players out at the end of this year. 
Yeah, but that, that's again, I don't think that. Surely, I'm sure Trent Robinson signs off on all those players, but I doubt he makes the, the final call. I do think perhaps you're looking more at recruitment and, and with that recruitment, looking at who you're recruiting. So with those injuries, I think I told you, Stu, I did a bit of a dive looking at the percentage of ACL injuries across all teams over a 15-year period. The Roosters actually just had had a really bad run. Yeah. Prior to that, they'd been pretty good. So you'd sort of maybe put that down to a bit of bad luck. And then on top of that, you look at the types of players that are getting injured. It's often been players they've sort of imported through, maybe with the exception of Billy Smith, who had that recurrent ACL and probably should have been screened out in the first place. So, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to recruitment and screening some of those injured players out. And and maybe to a degree, they're struggling in the SNC department. I, I don't know. I'm not a part of it. Uh, I think that's more of the issue than, than Trent Robinson. I think he's done a pretty good job uh, trying to figure out how to get this team to, to gel. But like most teams that struggled, and we saw this with Brisbane when they didn't have a halfback who could run their team around, they were brilliant, 1-17 to 17 bar one position. And how good were they? They were wooden spooners two consecutive years. That's so, true. But, if, but isn't that also a Why do you think the, the Dragons don't want, want, don't want Ben Hunt to go? Okay, here's my counterpoint to that as well. Jack Cogger, a guy who what was basically trying to run the Bulldogs around for a couple of years, right? Spin off to Super League, yeah? They brought him back, and Sean O'Sullivan before that couldn't even get a run with the Warriors, was like their fourth choice, right? And come in and run around the Panthers, yeah? Yes. As a squad. So it's not the halfback who's doing the work there, right? It's the coach and the squad and getting the halfback to just do a job. Well, it's a fair point. I mean, look how good Sean O'Sullivan's looked at the Dolphins under another cerebral coach in Wayne Bennett. That's my point. Is that like you can't just you can't just blame the fact that the halfback is the thing because, like, we're just proving this week. Like Jack Cogger got the win last week, right? Able to run the squad around, kick the ball around, and Jamin Salmon the week before as well came within four points of uh, clipping the Cowboys. Anyway. Mm. No, no, it's, it's a fair point. But I think when you've got three premierships under your belt, you pretty much have the right to retire on your own terms. That's true. I guess, I guess we'll, we'll see how that one goes for him. Uh, you know, I think that the drums will beat a little bit harder if they have another year like this year, right? Oh, if they have another bad year, your argument starts to get a bit, a bit nastier because it's a bit of a theme at that oh, point. And their recruitment, they've got a couple of good guys coming like Spencer Lenny next year, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I don't know about that recruitment, but anyway. Oh, I, I think they understand how to use him, and that's what makes Penrith and the Dolphins so good. I think it's not so much about... Uh, the coaching, but and I suppose this is an element of coaching, but they put their players in a position to succeed. So Cleary understands that Spencer Lenu is a 30-minute impact player. Now, if the Roosters bring Lenu over and try and play in 50 minutes, he's going to suck. He's going to get run around like BMM and look silly. It's a bit like how there were whispers that Lenu could be an origin player. Well, the reason he's not is because he doesn't have the engine. So same with Wayne Bennett with Tavare. Like he really tries to avoid putting him in positions where that defense can get exposed. I think there's a lot to that as well, right? That's it. And, yeah, you'd only bring him in for that um, uh, that very similar role to uh, Udo Ikemanu, you know, where they played him for – they only played Udo Ikemanu for 15 minutes, right? You're either playing for 45. Uh, or like Lenny for 30, you know, bring him on, uh, mix him up with Junior Paul or Payne Haas, just swap him over, impact for impact. Yep. All right. Let's go to captaincy this week because, look, I don't think we want to be selling any Eels players this week. Right, Mitch? They're, they're looking not, good. 
No, man, Eels, Eels are my premiership pick. There we go. Well, we came close last year. You know, I, th- I think I predicted Panthers, Eels for a run, so let's see how we go. Yep. I don't think I predicted Eels, but I definitely predicted Panthers. Fair enough. And look, the I Eels- predicted Panthers, Dragons. That's what I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> I had been down for Dalian, which was nearly right. You were nearly right. All right. Uh, we just didn't expect Nico Hines to be the only good player in the squad last year. Uh so don't see eels hold on to them. They will last you until round 27. So remember to hold trades to just swap them out when needed. And so use those eight trades sparingly that you're about to get. So let's talk about captaincy this week. Mitch, who's your captain? Uh, you've got to go Nico Hines against BMM and the Dragons. Totally uh, agreed. I got Payne Haas as my vice, and uh, which you probably have as well. But my spicy is James Tedesco. He's got a point to prove. Oh, that's this. That's very spicy. Uh, for me, yeah, I've got uh, Captain, I've got Nico Hines. Uh, Vice Captain, look, Payne Haas is a pretty good shout there against the Dolphins. For my spicy here, I've actually gone for, you can pick one of Isaiah Papali or John Bateman against North Queensland because they play with a lot of energy. But I reckon that these guys, they're really going to have to lift because of how North Queensland play. So I reckon either of those ties will eat pretty well this week. Uh, so trades this week. Obviously, I've got Jack Bird and Jed Cartwright, who it looks like is playing reserve grade. So gross. Uh, so for me, uh, I'll be shifting those two guys on because it looks like they're just not going to get the minutes uh, or they're just not going to be playing at all for round 19. How about you, Mitch? Mate, at this point, again, I'm going to bank my trades. Like I've got uh, nine trades sitting there. I'm about to get another eight. I'm just going to stash them away. I've got a pretty, I'm able to play 17 comfortably this week, and I don't see any obvious players to pick up. Like I'm not burning trades for no reason. I might Pekora do... Peacora for Fainu is probably the only one. I'm exactly right. I might do Peacora for Fainu just to, to give myself 21 players available to play, obviously with the exception of Hopgood and Hands. Uh, the other one I was thinking about was Reynolds to Munster, but with one playing against Penrith and the other playing against the Dolphins, I think that's a little silly. So I might just wait one week for that. I like it. All right. Uh, so let's go to questions from the people. So uh, Nick Lord, who's not near, says needs a wing fullback for 19. He's got Gutho. Traded out Buller for oh, Nick. I don't know what you did there. Not bringing back. Uh, he's saying he doesn't want Latrell, Walsh, Teddy, uh, Garrick, Hammer, and Edwards. He's saying that the only options appear to be Brimson, who, you know, I'm still waiting on the judiciary. Buller, CNK, and Asako. Mitch, what are you thinking? Who's the best option there? CNK. Yeah, me too. Uh, first thing that I thought of. So, mate, and well done getting Gutho, and, but big mistake, getting rid of Buller. So, you know, 50-50, right? Does he have drink water? Is that an option or does he already have drink water? He must already have him. Drink water's on the buy. Oh, oh okay. So the 19. The it, it, oh, it's got to be CNK. CNK's on the Warriors and they looked pretty darn good. And he, yeah, he, he sort of got 52 without without ridiculous involvement, right? Yeah, and he's just he's an effort player. and That's that's what I mean, yeah. That's what we like here. Now, look, I'm just pressing refresh on the page. Uh, the deliver. <laughs> Here we go. The panel's been deliberating for over 30 minutes. The Broncos have missed their flight back to Brisbane tonight and will fly out on Wednesday morning. Gosh. Okay, there you go. Uh, so they're, they're still listening this half an hour later. So we're, we're going to have to work out Reese Walsh. Uh, let's go to the other questions, Mitch. Just uh, let me pull these up. I should have had these ready. But, of course, you know, 
normally I've I, I can sort of go hey there Nick or whatever else look him up but not this week. Uh all right, Nick Drysdale. Uh this one's for you, Mitch. So Nick Drysdale has three trees left, thinking of going Nikarima to Fafita this week. So I'm guessing he's got 500k in the bank. What are you thinking there? Or Nikarima to Adam Fanua Blake? No, I'd go to Fafita because he's the better keeper, although uh, Fanua Blake obviously doesn't have the buy. Um, doesn't play Origin. Does have the buy round oh, 22. Geez. But Fafita's so good. He's mm. so darn good. I'd go for feeder just because he's got the bigger upside, and if you can do it, go all in. Particularly with that amount of trades left, what do you think? Uh look, I think, yeah, I think that for feeder is definitely the bigger buy. He's worried about uh, Horsburg if named Origin. I'd just spend yeah. an extra trade trade at Horsburg or bring in someone else at that point too. There's plenty of not round nineteen mids that you want in your squad. Anyway, uh, let's okay. Next one, Matthew Williams goes. Uh, now Fahu White. So he's he's one of the edge forwards with Tupania out. Mitch, what are you thinking? Sorry, I missed that one, mate. Uh now Fahu White's been named on an edge for the Roosters this week. Yes. With yes. all the guys out on an edge. Yes. But Nat Butcher is lurking in reserves from that minor ankle injury. Are we worried that White gets cut? Yes, definitely. Yes, yeah, so probably not. I'd go get Piakura, right? With that longer term yep. injury. Perfect. Yep. Done. Would be, would be very worried about uh, Butcher will be back shortly. Yeah, and Nat Butcher's a guy you want playing in your squad, especially with those other guys out. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, Tyson Coles goes, hey, Legends, love the podcast. Thank you, Tyson. He's thinking Moses to Bird, one trade. Well, obviously, that didn't work out, right? He said this before Teamless Tuesday, so no. Uh so staying positive, so Tyson Coles oh, has one trade left, so Moses to Birds. I think there's no Mitch. Right? Oh, I mean, before he got named, didn't get named in Teamless Tuesday, I would have said no, but definitely not now. Whatever you do, do not pick up Bird. We said that last week, or at least I did. Yep. I would, uh, he's got Lemuelu as well, so he's, he's hurting for centers uh. here. So who's the best pick up this week, Mitch, at center? Who's, uh, who's uh, not Jerry Manu? He's got to play 19. Lomax. You reckon Lomax over uh, Tomoko uh, and Raymin? Oh, God. Well, we talked about this. It's sort of that's, like Lomax. Is, it, it depends, man. If this guy, if you want to go boom, then boom or bust risk, you'd get Raymin. If you want to be guaranteed between 37 and 45 points, you get Lomax. Done. Like it. Uh, do you know what it depends on, honestly? If you're a head-to-head, you'd probably go Ramian. And if you're overall, you'd go uh, Lomax because they'll probably wind up about the same amount of points, but in head-to-head, having someone who could explode has some value. I like it. Uh, next one, uh, Eddie Durham, uh, who joined us on one of the preseason podcasts uh, from In The Bin. He said, a common thing in fantasy podcasts is around which other podcasters would like to fight or not fight, right? So people who run other podcasts who would like to fight or not fight. So which fantasy podcaster would you most want to fight and least want to fight? So Mitch, who do you most want to fight? I don't listen to any other fantasy podcasts, so I don't know if I could answer that. <laughs> We've had a couple on our podcast, mate. Any of them you give uh, a go? Uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'd probably least want to fight Eddie because I feel like a New Zealander 
uh, knows how to throw a punch. And uh, I, I don't want to fight Mark as the only other one I know. So I'll, I'll choose I'll choose not to fight both of them. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a healer, not a herder. Fair enough. Look, I'm already brothers for Nick. We've already fought. So look, <laughs> I reckon we'd probably square off there. Um, oh, you'd have Nick covered all day. I'll probably have Nick covered all day. He, he might gas me out a bit later on, though. I'd have to work on the cardio a little bit. The... Um, you know, it would be over quickly. <laughs> I'd have to make sure it was over quickly. The um, get that choke locked in. Uh, so yeah. Apart from that, the yeah, there's not too many other podcasts who you know I really want to fight because there's not too many talk smack towards us. I'll be completely honest there. So yeah, I don't want to fight anyone. Like I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be Switzerland. Eh? I'm happy to rehab whoever gets injured during these fights. So that's cool. <laughs> That's it. You can be the ringside, Doctor Mitch. That's it. All right. I think I'm just I'm just quickly going to check the other shares here because we we always got it on the different ones here. Uh, okay. So Terry, I nope gave us a very weak comment. Rounds eighty nine twenty. He has full teams. So that's great. Thank you, uh, Terry Amy. I appreciate the fact that you're telling us that you got full teams for rounds eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Well done. I was worried. I was certainly worried about Terry there. I was really worried for him. Well, Mitch, you've left it all out on the field. I definitely left it all out in the field today because you were getting yeah, pretty thin by the end there. That um, that was not a Latrell-like performance. That was that was more seeing K Dylan Edwards. So, you know, I've put it all out there today. You've done well, mate. Look, long Thanks, podcast. Man. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, this is the Boom or, Bud po- Boom or Bus podcast, round 18, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.